tuned, man. We got something special for y'all today. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. To the 10, right to the 5, scooting in for the score. Touchdown! Yeah! Welcome in, everyone. This is at the full 10 yards mock draft extravaganza. Two rounds for you today, making our appearances on YouTube. We're gracing the visual and the visual aspect of podcasting. So look at all our lovely faces. Look, we've got we've got Lee, James, Andy, Adam, Rob, and Ewan, and we've all taken part in a two-round mock draft. We're going to be bringing that to you today. Going to bring you all the picks. Going to bring you all the reasoning. We're going to bring you all the players, all the insight you need uh, for where we, how we think the trade could possibly go. No one knows at this point. Obviously, um, strange times ahead in the world of coronavirus. Um, so yeah, a lot harder to decipher what teams might be doing. Uh, I know quite a lot of experts out there are saying that, that it's quite hard to get a, an idea on what teams are going where. But we're going to try and do our best. We're going to do two rounds uh, of. The NFL draft trades included as well, just for a bit of fun. Obviously, Cincinnati are on the clock first off, so we'll put them on the, the clock uh, right now. So they've got a couple of minutes to. Obviously, uh, Adam, you are the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, GM. Obviously, there's not going to be uh, any any surprises, I don't think. First off, but um, do, did you do you ever see a scenario where they can trade, but they can trade back and get who they want to, do, or did you just think it's just a case of getting Joe Burrow and be done with it, moving on? Yeah, um, I'd be surprised if they do trade back. It would take a mammoth haul from probably the Dolphins because they're the only ones with the uh, kind of ammo that would be needed to move up to the first pick. Um, I mean, the Bengals need a franchise quarterback and they've got the chance to take one and to ignore that and possibly trade down, possibly take one of the other ones would just be a risk they don't really need to take. Mm. They're fairly solid on offense already, so just add in the final piece would be ideal, really. The final piece. So is there a Super Bowl running coming? Is it? Final piece on offense. Oh, a little okay. bit, a uh, little bit of work everywhere else. Fair enough. Okay. Cool. Right. Well, let's get the pick in then. Cincinnati Bengals have their pick in. Adam, give us all the details. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, it's Joe Burrow from uh, LSU, the Heisman-winning quarterback from last year, um, considered by quite a few to have the best college year in football, uh, best year in college football history. Five thousand six hundred seventy-one yards, sixty touchdowns including seven in one half of the playoff game against uh, Oklahoma. Uh, His passer rating was actually better while under pressure, which is probably quite handy for the Bengals. Um, Even the championship game against Clemson, he threw for 463 yards, six touchdowns, uh, which is just just a crazy, crazy amount. It was the most touchdowns in college football history. Uh, Consensus number one um, with most mock drafters. Um, As I say, when you get the chance to take a potentially franchise changing quarterback you've got to do it um it also helps that he's ohio born he's uh his girlfriend lives in the area he's only a few hours down the road with his parents um and yeah joe cool is the man for the bengals are you are you worried about do you reckon that there's any doubts in their minds that you know, it's obviously just one year of production um quite possibly uh, i doubt there'd be any doubts in the bengals gm's minds with it i think they've probably done a heck of a lot more research than me but yeah obviously he did kind of blow up from nowhere he was um, ranked fourth or fifth round coming into the season um, uh, and the Bengals offensive play calling wasn't exactly great last year so <clears throat> um, it could have been play calling possibly but he showed enough and his calmness under pressure moving in the pocket he's also sneaky mobile ran in quite a few touchdowns last year as well mm-hmm. um, he should fit in well with the Bengals possibly slightly leaky offensive line Yep, that's fair enough. Okay, obviously, uh, Cincinnati Pig is in, so Washington are indeed on the clock. 
Um, I suppose plenty of mock drafts and plenty of experts thinking that, that Chase Young is the guy to go here to Washington. Obviously, a few rumours that Miami could trade up or even maybe the Chargers could trade up um, if, they, if you want to get ahead of Detroit, who are potentially another, another candidate uh, to, trade that, to trade back uh, if you want to go and get your quarterback. Uh, Lee, do you, do you think it would be wise for Washington to, to stay, to stay uh, at two and pick Chase Young or do you reckon it would be you know, depending on what offers they get back to, to, to trade back and, and get a few more pieces, maybe another first-round pick for Miami? Uh, I think they should just stay and just take the best player in the draft, just as simple as that. I mean, it's one of those things where you can kind of overthink this sort of pick. Um, but I just think you just take the best defender on the board, best player on the board, uh, make your defence better, build on a strength. Um, I know we talked in past podcasts about Washington having decent edge rushes already, but just accentuate that strength and just make it even better. Also, I know Adam's just talked about um, Joe Burrow being local to Cincinnati and Ohio area. Chase Young born in Maryland, so not too far away from Washington. So... Um, kind of that local connection again. So no, I just don't think you should overthink it, like I say, and just take the best player. Okay, well, we shall see what they do because the pick is in and we head over to uh, Ewan to fill us in with all the details. Ewan, have they gone Chase Young? We've got a bit of a shock here. The second overall pick in 2020 draft, uh, the Washington um, football team at select, Jeffrey Okuda, Ohio State cornerback. Very nice. Okay, Jeffrey Akuda, and I say cornerback there. So you and filling this, fill us in on on the pick. Um, interesting decision to take Akuda over Young. Yeah, controversial one, an elite corner. Um, you don't get many um, of of this sort of athleticism in the draft. Very much in the Trey White mold um, of Buffalo, who have seen kind of you know rising to a top yeah, five corner in the league. I think the, he's the key with Akuda is his, his footwork. Uh, in um, in, in terms of he can play hard or he can uh, coverage or he can play soft off man as well. So I think he, he's got the ability to to give you various looks on the back end and the kind of uh, more some of the more successful defenses of late have been built, you know, from from the back end and then mm-hmm. um, and, and ensure that the, the coverage ability of your of your team is enough um, to then to then let the guys up front go and work. So um, bit of bit of a, a switch from a switch from the norm. I think if you if you one big play that really if you if you watch the game against Clemson, uh, Clemson are backed up in their own end zone. Uh, Lawrence is about to take take uh, take a long shot with T. Higgins in in, in behind. Akuda recognised it, obviously seen it on film, mirrored and matched the coverage all the way down the sidelines uh, in the ball and breaks up the pass to, to go incomplete. So the guy's got it all really. I think in, ter- in terms of what you'd want for a corner, it's a bit of a projection pick as well. I think the, the highest ceiling player in the draft. Is Chase Young, uh, but with this guy to, to, to build your um, build your secondary up with one of the best guys you could possibly get, um, a consensus All American, all all uh, Big Ten uh, team in 2019, uh, led led Ohio State in, in pass breakups and interceptions. So he's uh, he's he's got it all. Uh, I think the only only um, development points is his back pedal. He tends to shuffle and sh- uh, slide and, and sprint, and so he can leave receivers in his blind spots at times but certainly um, for him if he can improve his tackling um, which he's probably not been asked to do as much because people didn't throw at him in college um, and he'll be tested out early but if he can improve his technique and his backpedaling and uh, and clean up the tackling technique then he's uh, he's got the chance to be uh, perennial all pro so Akuda at second. There you go. So yeah, second overall, Jeff Kuda going to the Washington Redskins. That obviously means Detroit is on the uh, clock. Andy Moore, that's, uh, that pretty certainly puts the uh, cat amongst the pigeons there with uh, Detroit now having to make a decision, especially if uh, Miami start calling. 
That's it, yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I was I was quite adamant that Detroit uh, might take Simmons here, but um, yeah, I still think you've got the best player in the draft available on the board. Will they complicate it? We'll find out in a minute. But um, I, I still don't think Miami uh, or the Chargers uh, will, will, will come up here. I, I don't. I, the way it's been going, the way that um, the, there's been a lot of um, bashing of your, of your tours and stuff lately. I don't think. Um, I think Miami, if they want them at five, will be confident they'll fall that way. And they've got more than enough ammo to come up and get him if needs be. Um, and will the Chargers need to? Um, again, I don't think they. Might, I don't think they're going to come up for him to be honest. I don't. Th so I think the Lions will probably struggle to find anyone who's going to give them the the capital they want in return. I think they'll stick if this, if, in this scenario at least. Mm. Yeah, and I say it remains to be seen how the next couple of picks play out. But the Detroit pick is in. And we move over to Lee, who is in a war room. I'm not sure which war room he's in. Uh, as you can tell from my background, I'm in uh, Roger Goodell's bunker, uh, basement. <laughs> but uh, Lee, Lee, give us the, uh, the 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 pick for Detroit. Multifaceted uh, background. Uh, it's not a war room. It's you know everyone's sharing these days. You know, yeah. on Zoom as everyone is nowadays. So everyone's in the room together. Just on their own laptop. A uh, bit for Detroit, obviously, after my analysis uh, prior to Ewan's pick, I can't really go any other way than Chase Young uh, for Detroit, to be honest with you. I think, uh, like I said, he's just the best player in the draft. He's an absolute beast. Gets you know, triple teamed on a regular basis at college ball level. So uh, that just says it all, doesn't it, if you have to be triple teamed out of, out of the game plan. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's a shock, obviously. I think in the real draft, as this did happen, I think Detroit would try and field some um, offers for Chase Young. Want to watch uh, potentially Atlanta? They've done a big trade up before a few years ago for Julio Jones coming up to number four to get him. They could try and do something like that. Thomas Dimitrov isn't scared of doing that. If he's scared is the right word, he's definitely not worried about going and getting his guy if he wants it. And Atlanta obviously need an edge, and we'll probably come on to that later on when we talk about their pick um, in the draft later on about the midway through. But um, yeah, I don't think, like you say, I don't think Detroit can even turn this down. It's a bit of a odd fit because Matt Patricia doesn't love edge rushers; he doesn't really value it too highly. Um, but one thing that kind of does work in this favour is that the edge class gets quite thin after this. So if he does want an edge later on, he'll be picking a lesser player than Chase Young. And conversely, the cornerback uh, uh, class, sorry, is uh, quite thick. So it's quite a, quite a good class. So you can pick a good one up later on, maybe at the start of the second. So quite happy the way this has worked out. But yeah, just blocking Chase Young for Detroit. Yep. Fair enough. Okay, so uh, New York Giants obviously are now on the clock, but just uh, the top three: Je Joe Burrow, Jeff Okuda, and Chase Young. Not necessarily in the, you know, obviously the three players we expect to go top three. Not necessarily in the in the, the order that everyone kind of expects. But hey, this is uh, this is what it's all about. It's all a bit of fun. Um, the New York Giants obviously um, belittled last year and the year before, obviously with uh, some of their selections uh, early on in the in the first round of the draft, including Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones at six, obviously last year as well. And uh, David Gettleman seems to go against the grain. Uh, most years, so let's uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, he he does so again this year. But um, Rob, a couple of, a couple mm. of areas that they do they do need to fill. Um, one of those being offensive line. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head. The last two years, they've you know they've picked up Saquon and, and Daniel Jones, and now they've got to protect them. They're they're, they're going to use those two pieces to move this uh, this this organization forward and they're going to have to get some sort of protection there for Daniel Jones they're going to have to open up the running lanes for Saquon Barkley uh, even though he did a fantastic job last year and ever, ever since he's been in the league um, there's still more to come from Saquon and I think Tristan Wirfs for me is the pick here um, he's, he's an athletic monster we saw him at the combine he lit it up 
a fast 40. Um, I think he, he smashed the bench press as well. Um, you know, he's an athletic freak. Coleman loves athletic freaks like this. Tristan Wirth will fit in nicely, get the protection for Daniel Jones, open up the running lanes for Saquon Barkley. This has to be, has to be an offensive lineman. Now, there's, there's few different opinions. Jedrick Wills is also a really good offensive lineman. I've seen uh, Beckton get drafted here in some mock drafts. Tristan Wirth, I, I can't see a bad pick. Any one of those uh, elite offensive linemen has to go to New York. They have to pick one, surely. Well, you meant you mentioned that Giants can't make a bad pick here. I mean, they'll certainly try uh, if Dave Gutman's got anything to do about <laughs> it. But we should, uh, obviously, I say Simmons is another guy that potentially could go here. But uh, we can now say that the, the Giants pick is now in, Rob. So do you want to give us the details of um, who the Giants are picking at number four? Uh, the, uh, at number four, the, the New York Giants will be picking Tristan Wirths. Okay, Tristan Wirfs, offensive, uh, offensive tackle there for the New York Giants, helping uh, Danny Dimes and co. Uh, obviously, Saquon Barkley as well. So we uh, move on to five. Miami are now on the clock. Obviously, this is where it could start to get interesting. Uh, James, we'll, we'll come to you. A lot of flipping, flopping, especially in between the, the full 10 yards ranks of, you know, is it going to be Herbert? Is it going to be Tua? Um, I, obviously, they've, they've both fallen into the lap of Miami. Um, which, which way do you think they're going to go, James? Um, I'm not sure really. Um, every, all the speculation has been about it being Tua, but I have a sneaking suspicion that they're going to flop and go for Herbert. Um, I honestly don't really have any reasoning behind it. It's just a bit of an inkling I've had pretty much since the outset that um, the hangover with Tua's injury over the course of last season, I just think might scare them off from five. Um so we'll see how that goes, really. Mm. And uh, Lee, uh, Lee, just before we get the pick in, uh, just maybe kind of a quick uh, comparison between the two quarterbacks and maybe why Miami would go for one or another. Because obviously we had a, uh, an article out there as to you know, why they should trade one or the other. So just maybe want to give us a, a quick, a quick summarisation of that. Well, they're pretty different QBs, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think myself and Andy went through that, and it's quite a stark comparison. Uh, Hubert's your typical, you know, tall. Strong armed, he's relatively mobile, more, more mobile than you'd expect for someone of that build uh, and his weight. Um, but yeah, he's you know not as accurate as Tua. Tua's more accurate, more sort of nimble, uh, short quarterback. Um, so yeah, they have, they're quite different actually. But obviously, it's the injuries and the kind of um, risk that's associated with that that potentially is kind of mainly one way to the other. I mean, obviously, both of them are good quarterbacks. Both of them are you know experienced. They both won in college. They both had success in their particular situations they're obviously just choosing to go one way or the other depending on how they see the injuries and how sort of risky they feel that is okay okay we can say that the Miami pick is now in so we head over to Annie to get the pick in is it Herbert is it Tua or is it someone completely different no I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go with Herbert um, I just think the work rate uh, the intelligence and the the huge arm and, and then the prototypical traits are um, they just seem to fit with what uh, Brian Flores uh, and co want to do there. Um, whether it's actually the pick in real life, I really, like, uh, like James, I really don't know at this point. Um, I've seen a lot of things uh, knocking around in the Miami beat press over the last couple of days. We've seen um, Jordan Love suddenly get a, a big surge of, of interest and, and rumours that um, Miami might take a tackle here and uh, and come up from like, 18 to, to like, 12 uh, 11 10 to, to get love and and partner the two together that way that'd be interesting but um here i've got herbert i just think as i set out in the article earlier 
in the week. I think his um, his prototypical skills, his his work rate, are really going to um, um, appeal to what Flores is trying to build. So yeah, I think we're going to go that was the pick. If if that if that scenario you said happens there, where they take tackle and then then trade up to get Jordan Love, that. Uh, <laughs> that'd be that'd be quite something but we, uh, we should say that sounds like clickbait to me but there we go uh okay so obviously uh, la charges are now on the clock no trade yet inside the top five um I'm, I'm quite confident that that will kind of be the case come draft night i don't think there'd be any anything uh too spicy uh come in, in the top 10 to be quite honest but like you say lee said it's it's due to miami having holding all the cards so no one kind of wants to poke the bear uh, to, to trade up and maybe go and get someone. But it remains to be seen whether Tua goes here at six or uh, if someone maybe trades up or trades down uh, inside the top 10. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the, the quarterback dynamic plays out come draft night. Uh, but Lee, uh, pick six is in for the Chargers. Uh, have they gone Tua? Uh, no, I've just had a word with Tom Tesco. You can see over my shoulder in the blue shirt. Uh, just went into my earpiece. Um, he's actually put in the pick for Isaiah Simmons and this is news that I'm very happy with. Obviously we went through this on our last podcast where we were talking about how free agency is affecting the draft and we kind of worked through uh, this. And this is just to create the defensive monster uh, to, can- to counter the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got to, you know, you've got to build your team to, to win your division and you've got to take on Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyreek Hill and the rest of the Kansas City offense and you need, you need defenders. You know, you need more than one Derwin James and that gives us two Derwin Jameses uh, in a way, you know, and, and two versatile pieces and kind of builds that back seven out really nicely to kind of combat that rushing attack, sorry, that passing attack. And, um, you know, we can pick a quarterback up later on um, in the draft and we'll go from there. But, you know, we've got Tyrod as well as a safety net. So, yeah, build the defence, try and win the division, worry about quarterback later because we've got at least a year to think about it, even if we don't get anyone, which is hopefully not the case. But if worst comes to the worst, we've got Tyrod to, you know, who Anthony believes in quite a lot by the sound of things and we've got him to kind of steer the ship for at least 12 months yeah no I like it I like it a lot um, okay obviously Carolina are on the clock then so it'd be interesting to see all teams on alert now Carolina will be loving this situation come draft day because uh, there will be some teams wanting to to come up to to seven to come and perhaps get to us so it remains to be seen whether it happens in this or whether you know, that kind of scenario plays out come draft night um, so yeah, first six, Joe Burrow, Jeff Kuda, Chase Young, Tristan Wirfs, Justin Herbert and Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I quite like that, that, that pick there for Simmons, uh, the Chargers. Do, do, do you see, um, Lee, just a, a point on the Chargers, do you see them taking the QB uh, either in the first round or the later rounds or do you reckon they'll, they'll go with, uh, with, um, with Tyrod for 2020? I think they'll, well, they're going to roll with Tyrod to start the season just anyway, no matter who the quarterback is that they draft, which do think they will draft someone. Um, if they draft um, two, obviously, they, they can rest him, uh, let him recuperate for however long it takes for him to get over his injury. Uh, with Herbert, I don't actually feel he's completely ready to start. I think he does need some um, time to kind of come to speed for the NFL level. Uh, and if it's someone later than that, you know, it goes without saying that I think Tyro will start and potentially be start a whole season, maybe no matter what. Um, so whether they would do that or whether they go Simmons, like we get in this situation, uh, it, I don't know. It really depends. It's really up in the air. I'm, I'm to and fro between what Tom Tesco would do and what I would do. I would like Simmons, Simmons, as I said a couple of times down the pods, um, whether Tom Tesco would do that or whether he can be kind of overruled by the likes of Gus Bradley kind of in his ear and wanting someone to, you know, someone like that on his D. I don't know. So it's not really an answer I've given you, but um, you know, all the options there, especially if it falls like this and the Giants don't take Simmons on the table, it gets really interesting for the Chargers at six and beyond. 
Yeah. yeah. And do, do you reckon that anything comes into play with regards to, you know, putting bums on seats? Obviously, Chet's well documented how the, the Chargers fans are like and, and the, the seat sales. If, if they do take someone like uh, to a, do you reckon that, that helps? Yeah, that would be partly because of the, the, the ticket sales aspect or? Well, yeah, I don't even have any fans, do they? So, um, <laughs> so I mean, no, but I mean, they ripped, they ripped the heart of a team out of a, of a city that's been there for years and it was local politics that dictated the move. So, um, yeah, I think you need to do anything you can to get fans. I mean, the problem is they're probably about 12th on the ranking in that city of sports teams. So, give or take. Um, so, yeah, anything it can do for people to turn up to, I think just about every single game, certainly the games I've watched, it was you know at least 60%. Road, road fans. So yeah, anything can do to, to help. I think it's a bit of a, a sorry state, really. It's a, probably the worst bit about the league that exists, isn't it? Moving teams. Yeah, not great, and especially uh, with regularity, it seems to be uh, to be doing over the last couple of years. Uh, but we'll get to Vegas very shortly, indeed. But the pick is in for the Carolina Panthers. No trades in this one, but the Carolina Panthers are selecting the defensive interior defensive lineman. Uh, Derek Brown out of Auburn, six foot five, three hundred eighteen pounds of nasty. This Carolina defense, uh, it's fair to say, has been it been gutted with uh, retirements and, and free agency, you know, killing the whole defense. To be quite honest, um, you know, Derek Brown can pay anywhere anywhere up and down the line. So yeah, obviously when you've got sparseness in in terms of of bodies on the, on the defense, you need people that can can fill a lot of lines. So he also couple a lot of double teams, collapse some packets, uh, some pockets. Um, yeah, he's got, he's got really good hands. Fifty five tackles and four sacks in his twelve games last year, uh, twenty nineteen at uh, Auburn, uh, and he can be a, a centerpiece uh, for for this this Carolina defense. Now I think obviously if this scenario plays out how it has done on draft night, I can see Carolina coming coming back and uh, trading back and, and getting a few more pieces as well. So. Um, but that remains to be seen. But just for the purposes of this, uh, yeah, Derek Brown, uh, interior defensive lineman there for the Carolina Panthers, which obviously means Arizona are now on the clock. Uh, could go a few ways. Um, obviously, lineman is, is another one. Obviously, wide receiver kind of can be can be ruled out now with the trade uh, in free agency uh, for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, that's another weapon there for uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, Adam, we'll come over to you for the picks. It's in nice and sharpest. Who have they gone for? Yep, as you said, a couple options on the board. Wide receiver was one with um, uh, Kyler Murray's former teammate at college, C.D. Lamb, still available. Um, but uh, signing DeAndre Hopkins, they don't really need that. He comes in to add to Kirk and Larry Fitz, as well as the other 15 million the wide receivers that they drafted last year. Um, yeah, so I've gone for Mackay Becton. He blew up the combine with 5.140 time, which for the heaviest man at the combine was just seriously... Um, impressive. He's a monster. He, yes, just slightly. Uh, yeah, his um, athletic ability will allow him to get downfield, add a few blocks downfield, and with a mobile quarterback, with the air raid offense, with Kenyon Drake, who fitted in perfectly into that team, his um, athletic ability should allow them to do quite a lot on that offensive line. Mm -hmm. um, with Kyler scrambling around back there, as he likes to do, he will be able to shift with him and uh, give a little bit more protection which is one of the main spots I needed last year. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple of teams coming up, obviously, the next couple of picks as well. Jets, another one that comes to mind where offensive linemen has been the need for a couple of years, um, especially when you've got, uh, especially at Arizona, mobile quarterback, you need some some decent tackles that can kind of do everything and, and get about and allow, yeah, yeah, kind of, like you say, kind of to, to extend players and make things happen uh, as well. But yeah, offensive line has always been, has been the need for a couple of years now. Uh, for Arizona, obviously that means that number, pick number nine, uh, Jacksonville are on the clock. Um, Jacksonville, um, 
Rob have obviously been again another one that's kind of had a fire sale uh, for for a little mm. while. Um, loads of people leaving. Uh, Leonard Leonard Fournette with some interesting comments as well about the quarterback position. Um, lots of holes to fill for Jacksonville. Where where do you see maybe some some pressing needs for for Jacksonville? Yeah, this is probably one of the hardest to, to predict where they're going to go. I think uh, in this top ten because they they like you said, there's a lot of holes. They need to to rebuild that defense, which we saw was so strong in 2017 because they've lost a hell of a lot of pieces. Um, they need help on the O line. They I, I believe they need a, another quarterback. Um, I don't think Gardner Minshew is the answer. I think he was a nice fluff piece for a year, maybe this year as well. But I think they need uh, a better piece in there. Well, it, it was, wasn't it? You know, with his fluffy moustache and all that. Um, it, 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 there's lots of ways they could go here. Um, it'll be interesting uh, to see to see who Ewan picks here. Mm, yeah, looks like their pick is now in. Ewan, give us all the details. Who have Jacksonville picked at number nine? Uh, we're going to go with uh, C.G. Henderson, uh, Florida. Uh, cornerback, uh, six foot, two hundred and four pounds. Um, he makes sense. He, uh, yeah. Well, I think when you lose both your corners in the space of a season, um, you've got no choice really to 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 replenish that that uh, that position. Uh, it's probably the fourth most position, most important position on your team. Uh, he's, he's kind of got a, a bit of a sort of attitude about him, which I think people like. Um, he's kind of got that uh, Deion Sanders kind of mentality of they don't pay me to tackle um, but that unfortunately does show up on a bit of tape so that, that you see CJ Henderson his transitional uh, quickness to break on the ball when he finds himself out of position which is quite quite regular um, in some in some of his tape I think if you watch the, the final game of last season against Florida State um, the, a guy who uh, the wide receiver Terry against him uh, was you know gave him, a, gave him a hard time so I think teams weren't scared to throw at him but but I think based on the uh, based on the, the fundamentals of his of his athleticism, he's a he's a bit of a projection pick um, here because there is a bit of a drop off after Akuda. Um But it's but certainly um, he's one of these guys that's got a lot of athleticism to grow his game um, and come down a, a a real kind of lockdown corner in the league if he can if he can fi- find a way to to, to hone his hone his talent. Um, um, he's not got not not a big stats guy um, in terms of interceptions and, and pass breakups, but certainly I think the Jags have kind of potentially forced themselves in a position here to pick if they don't trade out of the spot, which potentially they could well do. Um, but but he com- comes in uh, day one starter and the league will be you know some rough days uh, initially, but he but as as it, probably any position, it's got the apart from that an offensive line he's got the biggest learning curve when you when you take a step into the pros so um all all, all the traits are there there to build up there is actually some discussion that it's not necessarily um a, a clear shot with with the number one corner on some teams boards this year which i thought was interesting because it, from the outside looking in it, it seems pretty clear but um but there's definitely traits there to build on so cj henderson from a university which is a long line of producing cornerbacks mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, obviously that means that the uh, Cleveland Browns are on the clock at 10. But Andy, uh, come to you, uh, you know, Jacksonville there, saying about potentially candidates to, to trade back. Uh, obviously there's a couple of people that might want to jump and take a wide receiver at this point. But um, just a, a point on the on the quarterback position, obviously Rob there mentioned that Gardner Minshew is now um, quite a bit of fluff. Um, so we'll use that one going forward. Um, do, do you see, obviously we put a poll out on our on our on our um, on Twitter feed uh, yesterday about whether or not they, they'll take a shot in the first rounds. Obviously, Josh Jobs is their, is their backup quarterback after letting Nick Foles go and getting somehow getting rid of his contract. 
can can you see Jacksonville taking a a, a quarterback in the first round? Um, to be honest, I can't because I think that the three um, uh, the three big pieces will be off the board here in Herbert, uh, Tua, and um, Burrow, obviously. But um, I, I think they could uh, they could take in second in second round. They could take uh, get Jalen Hurts maybe. Um, take a risk there, moving the, uh, with a quarterback who can move around and, and, and do things a bit more in the Lamar Jackson style of things. Um, yeah, um, well, they, they, I even think they could trade back from nine, get a bit more, get a few more picks. So I'm just doing my uh, last mock draft before um, before before the actual thing, and I've got the Bucks coming up here to get one of the offensive tackles as well before the Browns. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a few options for them. Quarterback, I don't think with the first pick at least. Um, if they were, then love with their second pick in the in the first round might be the way to go. But um, I think they'll wait and or um, put everything into the into the basket for next year when you've got um, Lawrence as the as the main prize, but a couple more nice quarterbacks coming through as well. Yeah, certainly remains to you Obviously, you need more competition. The best thing for Gardner is to have get a bit of competition. Joshua Dobbs is not uh, is not competition. That was not the, not the name you would see under competition if you look when I looked up competition in the dictionary. Okay, the pick is in for pick ten. The Cleveland Browns. Uh, James, give us all the details. So the Browns have gone with Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia. So it makes a lot of sense. The Browns in the off season decided. Um, to bring in Jack Conklin, which will cover off the right side quite nicely, but they still need bookends to keep Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb on their feet. So Andrew Thomas makes a lot of sense for them. He's six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds, and had a stellar year last year. He's been brilliant for Georgia for a while now. So hopefully, well, I say hopefully. <laughs> Not exactly a Browns fan, but um, for them, they'll be hoping that he's the bookend on the left side that they need. It was converted from sort of right tackle to left tackle in the last year or so and has excelled at the swap over. So that tandem of tackles could be quite dangerous. Mm. Yeah, Cleveland obviously another team that could uh, do the bit of offensive line helps. So I say it's, it's amazing how they're all kind of bunched together in this little cluster of, of picks. Um, but one thing, obviously, we are you know, the bigger picture. Tua is still falling, so it'd be, it remains to be seen uh, at what point uh, the, the GMs on this mock draft are, are happy we've taken uh, Tua. Maybe their medical history is starting to play into that. But it's probably a good time to take a quick look at, at the top ten, have a look at uh, the overview, and see what we like and what we don't don't like. So obviously, first off the board, no surprises. Uh, Joe Burrow, then first, that uh, kind of can in the uh, Spanner in the works with Jeff Kuda going at number two to Washington. Chase Young at three to Detroit. Tristan Wirfs, New York Giants um, for uh, Rob there in the Giants. Justin Herbert uh, went ahead, obviously, of Tua going to Miami there at five. No trades at this point. Um, the Chargers stayed put at six uh, and didn't go to Tua. Go as Isaiah Simmons on the defensive side of things. Uh, pick seven, Carolina will go with the interior defensive lineman Derek Brown. Arizona. Uh, Makai Becton for Adam and the Cardinals and then pick nine CJ Henderson going to the Jacksonville Jaguars starting to plug some bits back on that defense after their mass exodus during free agency uh, and then madding out the top 10 we have uh, Andrew Thomas there for the Cleveland Browns uh, showing up some of that offensive line uh, Lee which um, what's, what's, your, what's the most surprising pick there was that an easy question of the top 10 yeah uh, I mean, we've got. I think we've got the, the sort of right players, but maybe in a bit of a different order than anticipated. Um, you know, maybe about the top with number two, um, Akuda. But I mean, fair play to you. I mean, I think it's a great pick. Yeah, I think it's a place, that, uh, position that Washington needs to strengthen. So um, there's nothing wrong with the pick at all. Even though I, I would have gone a different way, uh, that's not surprising. I would say, but none of them 
overly surprising. I think yeah. the most surprising thing is the fact that two is still on the board. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the big. Yeah, we will we will see where he goes at some point later. Uh, certainly in in the first round. Okay, let's get uh, on with the NFL draft first round. Uh, pick eleven is of course the New York Jets. Uh, the pick is in, and the Jets have gone for Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle out of Auburn. Really like the pick here. It's all about Sam Darnold, isn't it? It's, again, it's another team that for years have needed some offensive line help. Um, you know, you've got a quarterback back there, Sam Darnold, who you know makes silly, silly decisions, makes throws interceptions when he is, is pressured, when he's he's got stuff in his you know people up in his grill. So, yeah, if you can minimise that by getting some help on the O line, uh, Jedrick Wills, so some people's offensive uh, tackle one on their boards, definitely a day one starter as well. Um, yeah, I think it will, it will help Darnold massively to, to have someone like Wills on the, on the offensive line. Yeah, it will also help uh, be music to the ears of Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, he didn't really manage to get much traction last year in his first season uh, away from Pittsburgh as well. It would be interesting to get a penny for, penny for his thoughts uh, on the differences between offensive lines. Um, but the Jets could have also gone uh, wide receiver here. Um, but considering that they need an offensive line and they need Stan Donald to stay upright uh, to be able to throw the ball in the first place uh, makes a lot of sense for the Jets there to go offensive line and uh, Jedrick Wills. Okay, so that leaves uh, Las Vegas are on the clock at 12. And we say that, uh, we actually have a trade in. Uh, we have a trade in. Lee, can you tell us all the details? Big trade here from Las Vegas. Whoever can see on YouTube might see that Bill Belichick's got the binoculars out. He's put the trade request in to Las Vegas, and uh, he's going up to get to her. Um, you know, like Rob just said, it's been surprising uh, that he's still on board. And um, as he keeps sliding, the, the trade offers are going to keep coming in. And, uh, you know, obviously, the Patriots just lost Tom Brady, who's bad um, at quarterback for, well, the whole of our, I guess, for everyone here involved here, everyone's that old, um, the whole of our sort of fandom is the NFL. So, Obviously, changing the guard, and you know, once he sees an opportunity, he's not gonna he's not gonna let it slip by. So, it's an opportunity to land on his feet mm. and come up and get to him with the twelfth overall pick. Yeah, details are New England send number twenty three, number eighty seven, uh, and a twenty twenty one first as well. Uh, Ewan, uh, shockwaves, shockwaves through the uh, draft. If this was that was this was to happen uh, on draft night. Yeah, I think. I think the medical concerns is, is something that, particularly in this current climate, really can't. Um, bring you into your own building. It's probably going to be an independent doctor. Um, the the draft or the sort of workout video that they put out for all the draft community to see. Um, I don't know if you do that unless you've got doubts about what you're hearing. So um, because if the medical does check out, fine. Um, then it seems that you wouldn't need to do that. So it'll be interesting to see. I think there's there's decent value to. Uh, to put a bit of money on him dropping at the top 10. So if he does, then yeah, I think he just, if, if he goes beyond the sort of, even the eighth pick, then I think there's, there's uh, probably a couple of teams that are, are willing to come up and, and put themselves in a position to get into the sort of early teens that are um, picks that they could, they could um, pick up a guy like that. Who's, you know, Drew Brees personified, I think absolute master RPOs, um, just whether he's healthy or not. is the biggest question is like the abilities in, uh, in doubt. No, absolutely not. But like I say, two are there goes at 12. Massive trade between uh, Las Vegas and uh, New England. So um, finally, two is off the board at 12. That obviously means that San Francisco are on the board at 13. Obviously, San Francisco, this is the first of two picks. And this is the pick from the Indianapolis Colts. 
in the trade for Forrest Buckner. Uh, so it remains to be seen if they are do a like for like replacement. Um, Rob, obviously, the Colts moving out of 13, and we've, we've mentioned it on previous podcasts before. Yeah. Um, obviously, you get into Forrest Buckner, you're happy with DeForest Buckner in, in the exchange for 13. Do yeah. you think the Colts would have gone defensive, def- you know, someone like um, Buckner in, the, in this pick? Uh, yeah, I think... Um, <clears throat> Someone like Javon Kinnan or something? Uh, I, defensive tackle, like I said on the last show, is has been a, a need for Indy for the best part of the last five or six years. So we're super happy to get a player like DeForest Buckner. Um, had it been our pick now, I don't know. I think our glaring, glaring need is at wide receiver, but if, if Kinlaw is on there on the clock or um, you know someone like Chase on the, the edge rusher... You know, it could have been any one of those. Um, but yeah, it would have been interesting. Just to quickly uh, back up to, to what you said as well, I, I've heard recently that um, all medicals are going to go ahead. I, I believe that teams are sent, are allowed to send doctors out to players to do medicals. Um, so I, I think that, um, as far as I'm aware, that any medical issues that might come up regarding Tua, for example, um, I think team doctors are going to be allowed to see them. So that's just, just putting that to, to bed. Um, but yeah, as for this pick... Um, yeah, San Fran have got a good opportunity here to to replace Buckner, um, but we'll, it'd be interesting to see uh, where Andy's going to go. Mm. Yeah, and so we, that pick is in now. Uh, Andy, where where are San Francisco going? Yep, I think it's as easy as that. It's a light for light replacement with Kinlaw. Um, I think you've got like an absolute unit to plug straight into into the hole which was left by Buckner. Um, yep. They rode the uh, O line to the um, sorry, the, yeah, the, the, the defensive line to the um, Super Bowl last year. No reason why they won't uh, try and do that again this year. I could have I could have received here. I think um, you've got you've got both Lamb and Judy still on the board. That would be a nice compliment to Devo Samuel um, uh, as well and give um, Garoppolo a few more options to throw out. But I think the uh, the Kinlaw pick makes too much uh, too much sense to, to to not go that way. Okay, fair enough. That leaves it obviously leaves at Tampa Bay uh, on the, the clock at 14. Have a few holes to fill as well. So we wish just we should see where we go. Obviously, made a big splash during uh, free agency with the signing of Tom Brady. Obviously, we know how much Tom Brady loves uh, offensive linemen, especially uh, when he was in, in New England. So it remains to be seen where they kind of go here. Uh, we move over to Adam, where the pick is in. Who have Tampa Bay picked at pick 14? Yeah, I think a lot of people would expect us to go offensive line here to protect Tom Terrific, but uh, the top four offensive line have all gone, and this is probably a little bit of a reach for everyone else. So they have given Tom Brady some more weapons. He's been moaning about not having any weapons in New England. He is um, So we're giving him C.D. Lamb to go alongside Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I uh, did not think Lamb would reach us. I thought he'd go at 12-13, so we're more than happy to take the top wide receiver on the Buccaneers board. Um, he is a yak monster. He has been proved every year through college. Um, in fact, I'm sorry, I'll go back to the offensive line. PFF graded the offensive line in Buccaneers in the top 10 last year, uh, especially the interior offensive line. Uh, and how do you get pressure on Tom Brady? Up the middle. So if you can block <laughs> them, then then that's a good start for Tom Brady there. So yeah, bring in, bringing in another high-quality weapon, giving him three of probably, wow, Definitely the best uh, wide receiver core in the league. Uh, why not? Uh, so yeah, CD Lamb been compared to Julio, Hopkins, Adams, quite a few, quite a few players he's been compared to. Um, statistically and through the combine, he um, likens out to Devontae Adams. So we're more than happy to take him here. 
fair enough indeed. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise at wide receiver. It does get to 14 for, for the first one to come off the board. I say a couple of uh, wide receiver needy teams that have preceded this pick. But we shall see now what happens. I'm pretty sure that uh, Denver, who've been highly mocked to, to take a wide receiver uh, as well, obviously they're on the clock at the moment. Um, so it remains to be seen where, where they kind of follow suit and we start to get uh, kind of a, a domino effect of wide receivers starting to come off the board now. Um, we will move over to Denver and we move over to you and who was the, uh, what's the pick for 15? Uh, 15th overall, uh, Jerry Judy, Alabama wide receiver. Um, I think the best route runner in the, uh, in the, in the draft. I think that, you, you know, you see highlight plays of, of Judy and obviously he was playing with, you know, Waddle, uh, Smith and, and, uh, <clears throat> and Ruggs. So, I mean, you've got to take that into account consideration as well because trying to cover those 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 guys is is, uh, is, is difficult I think he, what's what's just really uh, clear about Judy's game is he's the most refined receiver route run ability is uh, is there kind of pro ready already and probably he's got the chance to get better as well I think if you look at his uh, short shuttle four four five three time um, that's only you know fractions of a second uh, uh, slower than rug so actually uh, shifting in and out of breaks of his routes is, is is the real big strength of his game, rather than the long plays. Even though you did see him have a game breaker in the uh, in the in the national championship game a couple of years ago against Clemson. So, uh, yeah, I think there, you know the, this year as well. If you were to sum up his his game and why you would want to buy into him as a value, there was a uh, um, it, there was a, a route against LSU. And he was going up against a guy called Craig Vincent Jr., who's who's not who's a, who's a decent prospect. But I think what what really showed as he looked like he was about to run a deep over route, broke to the outside. Vincent's still running inside and he just takes the ball for an easy reception. It wasn't a huge a huge uh, play in the game, but it just it just showed how uh, deceptive his route running can be. And that's so important because you just can't uh, hope alone that uh, athleticism is going to translate to the next level. So another outside piece um, to add uh, to Cortland Sutton as well, who's a bit more of a burner. So it gives a good balance trying to build that sort of basketball style team on the outside for teams to... Uh, to have a, a variance in their passing attack. So comes in day one starter uh, and hopefully can contribute uh, from week one. Absolutely. Lamb and Judy, obviously, guys, that uh, fantasy football players will be looking forward to draft come, well, I'd say come September or come August, but we're not quite sure, obviously, when that's going to happen. But we, we shall see. Uh, okay, we move over to number six, pick 16. Atlanta are on the clock. Again, um, probably not a few many surprises. Um, yeah. People have been mocking uh, for for Atlanta. Uh, Lee, we come over to you for the pick. Yes, Atlanta are going to put in pick uh, quite an easy one, a bit of a hand and glove fit. They're going to go ahead and pick Caleb and Chasen out of LSU, the edge rusher or edge defender. He actually personifies the edge defender mold rather than the edge rusher because he's really good against the run. Perhaps the best in the class against the run in terms of edge defenders. And um, we can also get back. Uh, back past the offensive line and get after the quarterback too. Um, he's got all the athleticism in the world um, and yeah, it just fits, it fits a massive, massive need. Uh, Atlanta have gone cycling through a lot of edge rushes recently in, in uh, Attack McKinley. He's not worked out even though he's still on the roster and then a couple of guys who aren't there anymore in Adrian Claiborne who came in as a free agent and uh, Vic Beasley obviously flamed out after one really good season where he led the NFL in, in uh, sacks. Uh, so he comes in, he'll play opposite Dante Fowler, he'll allow Dante Fowler to get after the get after the quarterback as much as he can. And he'll look up the other side, set the edge more with more discipline and also, you know, like I said, get that get back after the quarterback as well. But be the more disciplined type sort of edge defender uh, in Dan Quinn's defensive system. So yeah, no, really good fit. 
for the Atlanta Falcons and uh, not having to move up too much to get him, uh, well, not having to move at all, actually, um, which they might have you know, had the right, as I said before, with uh, Chase Young dropping uh, slightly above his, uh, sorry, below his floor. No, absolutely. Yeah, not too many trades uh, so far in this one. Maybe we'll see some action towards uh, the back end. Obviously, Dallas Cowboys are now on the clock. Pick is in, and it is Christian Fulton, the linebacker out of LSU. Obviously, Dallas losing up Byron Jones to the Dolphins in free agency. I can only assume that they don't want to be, you know, kind of picking, uh, you know, in the later rounds for, you know, guys that are at lower tiers, you know, third, fourth tiers, uh, you know, by the time pick number 51 comes on, because there's a lot of people that could potentially take uh, cornerbacks in that time. But, you know, he's, he's quite a clean prospect. Um, he's very good in, in man press. Uh, he, he does have the ability to be to be a shutdown corner. Um, his, his strength is maybe something that he does need to work on, but I'm sure once you know, he kind of gets in the building and gets used to the training regime of, of an NFL team, then that would kind of come as well. But, um, you know, Cornerback is one of the biggest holes that, that we do have uh, due, to, due, due to free agency. Um, I think the signing of HaHa Clinton Dix, I think we can afford to wait a little bit longer uh, in terms of picking a safety. I do I tend to like Dallas taking a set of safety here. And uh, I'll say we uh, maybe now address that in the later rounds because uh, yeah, you can probably pick one up at, at 51. Uh, but considering that our, our top corner at the moment is Jadobi Awuzie, uh, just shows you how much of a, a, a how much of a hole we kind of have at corner. So uh, Christian Fulton is obviously the pick there for Dallas. Moving on to pick 18, Miami Dolphins are on the clock. Again, this is the second of their three picks in the first round. Uh, obviously taking Justin Herbert with the first. Does he get a weapon uh, to throw to or do uh, the Miami Dolphins that go on the defensive side of the ball? Andy uh, has the pick for us. Andy? Yep. Um, probably slightly, uh, probably a little bit of a reach here. Uh, Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Um, so I think, um, if, apart from cornerback, if you look at anywhere on the Dolphins' uh, defensive side of things, they're a desperate need of uh, of help. Um, I like Murray's attitude again. Like Herbert, he's the, he's the leader in the in the locker room. Um, lots of positive stuff out of Oklahoma on that side of things. Um, he's a good against the against the run, which the Dolphins really need to improve against 27th ranked in the in the league against the run last year. Um, and then he just adds um, a slightly different dimension to the to the linebacking group. He's a side to side um, athletic linebacker. Um, did compliment the compliment um, Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan quite nicely. Obviously, we've got Kyle Van Noy come in as well. So, a nice little group there. Quite young with Van Noy as the uh, as the leader, and um, and then you can you can kind of see uh, Murray developing into into that type of player as well. So yeah, um, nice pick there. Could always fit, uh, fill in in um, in the nickel cornerback position as well. So yeah, versatile. Um, probably slightly a bit of a slight reach. I'd rather take a tackle, um, but again, um, they're all, all the good ones off the board. I don't think Miami trades up for one, so yeah, okay, Murphy. That's fair enough. Yep, I like it. Okay, so that obviously means that Las Vegas are on the clock again uh, in the first round, but hopefully they won't maybe trade out of this one as they did uh, back at number twelve. A lot of a lot of, a couple of a couple of spots there for Vegas to fill. Obviously, you've got um, a bit on the defense, and you've got wide receiver as well. And it's a shame, really, Vegas was not able to put on a show for the NFL fans and all the all the, all the rookies as well uh, with the draft. You know, it was supposed to be uh, you know on the waters of the Bellagio. So um, sad times there. But uh, Rob, you have the pick for Las Vegas, which is now in. Uh, yeah. Who are you going for? Well, yeah, like you said, I I, I did put in my first mark that. Um, I think that if it had been there in Vegas, there would have been a splash. I think there would have been a potential to move up into the sort of the early early stages of the first round. But as things have played out, 
I think they're going to be clever with it, and I think they're going to like to just trade it away from trade down, grabbing up another first um, next year, and also another one at the end of this uh, this uh, first round as well. So, but with this with this pick, um, I think they're going to address the the wide receiver. I think. Um, there needs to be some more weapons, some more deadly weapons over there. They haven't got enough. I think um, uh, he was the, the the slot guy for them last year. Uh, Renfro, he, he was good. I, I, I did enjoy watching him last year, and I think he's got potential. But other than that, Williams, I'm not a massive fan of him. Um, they've just brought in the lad from from Buffalo, uh, Zay Jones. Uh, again, he, I mean, he, he's not done anything in the league, has he? So I think this is their, their chance to to get going and get with the receiver. Um, so the, the pick for, for Las Vegas uh, for me is, is Henry Ruggs uh, from Alabama. Um, Judy's running mate. He's obviously a speed demon. Uh, he could take the top off a of defense, and I think this is the kind of weapon that Las Vegas need. No, absolutely, and so he might indirectly help Tyrell Williams a little bit as well. He's, there's no way he's a one, but he certainly can do a job with two or uh, some league kind of tests yeah. too. Uh, obviously, being the former Charger. Um, but with that, obviously, uh, pick twenty is now on the clock, and that's Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, this is the second of their two picks in the first round. Do they continue to address the defense, or do they go offense with this pick? Uh, Ewan, over to you. Yeah, the um, Jacksonville uh, Jaguars are going to go with uh, Patrick Queen, uh, Louisiana State University, 6'1", 229 pounds. Uh, I think anybody that follows college football would probably, if, he, if, if anybody told you that he was going to be a first-round pick this time last year, they probably would have laughed. Obviously, he didn't know he was coming out, but he just didn't have the tape out there. Um he was a backup to Jacob Phillips and Michael Divinity, who look like they're uh, going to be selected at some point in this uh, this uh, draft. So, or Jacob Phillips, certainly. Um, so, yeah, I think what really stood out, I think, if you watch the um, if you watch the Texas game, which was kind of a coming out party for LSU as a whole, but also that defense as well. Uh, Queen's just his lateral quickness is insane. There was a a play where he uh, he he, ju- he jumps up the a gap past the center. Uh, Texas center and in three steps he's in the backfield it's just just the way in which he just explodes from it from his, his stance uh, at, at linebacker um, he's got a, he got a real chance to be a to, to be a modern day cover and cover uh, cover the the passing game but also but also both the run game as well there was another ga- another one a third and goal um, against Texas as well it was a, it was a zone zone read play um, and he he just threw himself at the back, backfield through the big gap, and uh, he put he put Keonti Ingram on his back for no gain. So yeah, he's just he, that that game really highlighted how much how much of a player he was. Probably hadn't had the chance to show how good he was um, at this level, um, but certainly he's a, a rising player. He's an ascending player. Uh, and that Jacksonville defense needs rebuilt after having such a great great level of talent only probably three years ago. Um, and not many of those guys are left. So, yeah, a real kind of franchise cornerstone piece of your defense. Um, he could potentially well be coming and be the Mike linebacker eventually uh, for the team uh, and, uh, and, be, and be calling the shots in the, in, in the middle of the middle of the defense for them. So, yeah, I think a solid pick. Again, projection with more upside than he's currently shown, uh, but an ascending player that can probably come in and start uh, day one for them. Okay, pick 21, as you can see, Philadelphia are on the clock. Another team who will be looking at four wide receiver, no doubt, maybe first or at very least second round uh, of the draft. But they do have some holes on the back, on the on the defensive side of the ball as well. So, uh, and Harry Roseman is always um, 
is always a good one for trading up and trading down. Obviously, trading up last year to go and get Andre Dillard ahead of the Houston Texans. I won't get your opinion on that one, Ewan. Um, but yeah, pick is in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, have they gone wide receiver, James? They have indeed. It's Justin Jefferson from LSU. Um, I think the Eagles would be. I'd have been watching on, seeing rugs dropping and seeing how late Judy went and thinking, ooh, we've got a chance here of getting one of the top three. And then just having that rug pulled from under their feet at the last minute would be a bit gutting. But Jefferson's a decent runner-up price, shall we say. Probably the fourth best receiver in the draft. Suits their needs. They've obviously been, they've not been shy about saying they need wide receiver help. Arshon Jeffries, not the power he was. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has to be fit to be effective. And JJ Ostega Whiteside is still, you know, a prospect and still developing. So they need someone who effectively with Ostega Whiteside can become their future and give Carson Wentz or whichever backup is covering for him this year um, a, a chance to, you know, get some work done on the offense. So Jefferson is the pick. Mm. Jefferson, the pick there at 21, four wide receivers now off the board, all in the teens. And obviously, the Jefferson there were now at 21. So that leaves us, uh, let's, take, let's take a little recap then of the last couple of uh, 10 picks or, or so. Obviously, all the way back at 11, Jedrick Wills uh, to the New York Jets. And then we finally had the tour trade, the blockbuster tour trade, uh, New England trading all the way up from 12, uh, with New England giving up 23, 87, and of course, that 2021 20, uh, first round pick as well. Javon Kinlaw was the pick for San Francisco. Obviously, the pick traded to the Indianapolis. Colts for DeForest Buckner, uh, so kind of a like for like there at 13. Uh, and then a couple of wide receivers we had uh, Jerry Judy, uh, sorry, CD Lamb going to Tampa Bay, uh, and it's a kind, of, kind of a bit of a shock, I suppose. Uh, obviously, the weapons they've already got just adding, adding in there to the Arsenal. Jerry Judy, uh, no surprises, going to Denver at 15. I think they're nailed on for a wide receiver. Uh, another un- um, yeah, not, not, not surprising pick is uh, Clayman Chase on Atlanta there at 16. Christian Fulton, cornerback uh, there for Dallas 17. And then we've got Kenneth Murray, Henry Ruggs, Patrick Queen, uh, the next couple, and then Philadelphia round us out 21 that there with Justin Jefferson. So what does the back 10 look like for the NFL first round draft? We go over to Minnesota, who are on the clock. Uh, again, another team who have had kind of a, an exodus on the defensive side uh, of the ball, given obviously Kirk Cousins a bit of extra money in the offseason as well. But the pick is in. Uh, Adam, who's the pick? Yeah, quite a few needs in Minnesota now. Obviously, we would have liked Justin Jefferson to fall that one spot more. Probably would have gone for him. Um, but uh, not gone defensive either. We've gone uh, offensive line. Uh, the offensive line is always a bit of an issue in Minnesota. So trying constantly to try and prove that. We've drafted Austin Jackson, um, who has the ability, hopefully, going forward to play left tackle. Um, should be able to slide in at guard for now. Um, but he's got the physical attributes to um, pop out to left tackle once he's settled into the league bit more um yeah the offensive line in minnesota was ranked in the top 20 19th last year but we saw in that game against the 49ers where they just got destroyed admittedly against the best pass rush in the league but kirk cousins had no time he was constantly getting mugged in the backfield need to give him a bit more protection to get things going Mugged in the backfield. He's got a lot of money to mug. That's the, that's the, that's that's for certain. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's the first pick of two there for Minnesota. They'll be back in a couple of picks time. But if we move over now to pick twenty-three. Las Vegas on the clock. Obviously, this is the pick from New England in the uh, Tua Tagovailoa trade uh, a bit earlier on in the draft. Uh, move over to Rob. Obviously, these uh, second pick here now for the Vegas Raiders. Uh, do they address the defensive side of the ball with this pick? Uh, yes, uh, I think they do. Um, I think after t- taking rugs, um, they've, they've obviously 
ticked a big box for the offense and are going to move to defense. Uh, and I think one one place that they can improve on is 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 in the defensive the defensive backs. Um, so Damon Arnett is the pick here for Las Vegas. Um, he is uh, sort of a bit of a Swiss Army knife corner from um, Ohio State. I believe, oh, sorry, I do apologise. I have mixed my picks up here. Yeah, it's man. Jeff Gladney. <laughs> it's Jeff Gladney from uh, from TCU. It wasn't going to go smoothly, was it today? Um, Brian's Jeff in the Gladney house. is the pick. Is uh, is the corner uh, from TCU? Um, so again, they're addressing the DBs. Um, Jeff Gladney is a, is, a, is a player that will slot in nicely there and give them a bit more depth. Corner, corner, bit a, a big need for for Vegas. Um, yeah, struggled at times. Yeah. So they did all right towards the back end of last season. So um, they, they, they're coming along. Obviously, yeah, Gladney, uh, another piece there to add on to that. Uh, Move over to twenty four, and New Orleans are on the clock. Uh, not too many holes uh, left here as well uh, in, in terms of yeah, making Super Bowl runs. They're obviously accustomed to, to doing that under Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton. So uh, another piece to add to the jigsaw. Uh, Rob, back over to you. <laughs> yeah, and this is where I was getting mixed up because I've got them drafting Damon Arnett, the corner from Ohio State. Uh, and like I just mentioned a minute ago, he, he's a bit of a Swiss Army knife at the back there. And I think that New Orleans, like you said, they haven't got many holes. Uh, offensively, they're, they're pretty sorted. Um, it was seen with, with Michael Thomas. They might need to add another receiver in, but the receiver depth is, is quite deep in this class they're going to be able to pick someone up later in the draft who will be a nice compliment piece to, to Michael Thomas um, so I think it's defensive I think it's cornerback um, to, to to add to and, and Damon Arnett is the, is the pick for me um, I really like him he's, he's a good player he can play in the slot um, or he can play on the outside so it's, it's a good sort of movable piece for them yeah, obviously prior to free agency, you'd have thought that maybe wide receiver would be a consideration, but the pickup of, of Emmanuel Sanders means they, they don't have to go wide receiver. Of course, here. yeah. Yeah, uh, I forgot can, about can, that, yeah. yeah. They can wait, wait a few rounds at least for, for him and pick someone else up. Um, you know, yeah. rounds three, four, five or, or whatever. Um, okay, cool. We uh, head back to Minnesota, who are on the clock now, back at 25. Uh, just a couple of picks in between, obviously, uh, getting a pick from uh, from Buffalo um, for Stefan Diggs uh, in that trade. So you would think potentially um, Minnesota could be in the market for a wide receiver here with either of these two picks. Um, but we're going to go to Adam as the pick is in and we're going to find out whether they have gone wide receiver or not. Yep, as I said in the previous pick, they need wide receiver, they need cornerbacks, they need a defensive line. We did offensive line, so we're going for cornerback in this one. Um, as Rob alluded to, it's a deep wide receiver draft, so I think there's going to be better value later on for that pick so we're going with Jalen Johnson and um, cornerback there obviously they gave uh, let Xavier Rhodes walk they gave uh, Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander uh, to the Bengals to improve their secondary um, so spot of need he's um, quick he's strong he's long he's pretty good in coverage he's good at press um, when he fails he can he's quick and agile enough to recover pretty well and he's got coach uh, Zimmer with him now who should be able to bring the best out of him so, yeah, he was the next best cornerback on the board for me. Um, so, yeah, Jalen Johnson. Mm. And, Lee, come to you quickly. Actually, put you on the spot. Obviously, three corners uh, in the space of three picks. Uh, any of those three that you particularly like or don't like? Has any, anyone got a steal uh, at the back end here? All good value um, at the end of the first round. Uh, David Allen, maybe a little bit early. Uh, my least favourite out of the three, but really like Jalen Johnson. He's probably my favourite corner. Maybe not the best one, but my favourite corner out of the class as a whole. Obviously, Pac-12 player uh, coming from Utah, so kind of in my good graces for that. And I really like Jeff Gladden as well. I think he's, he's a little bit undersized, but he's uh, he a very sticky corner, so a lot of attitude, a lot of competitiveness. Mm. And yeah, he's definitely a John Gruden player, so Vegas would definitely be uh, a place that he could, he could go in a couple of days' time. 
Yep, that's fair enough. Okay, obviously Miami are on the clock at 26, but we have an incoming trade alert uh, for pick 26, and the Indianapolis Colts uh, have traded up to 26 for, uh, yeah, they've sent number 44, 75, and a 2021 second as well. Probably done quite well to, to keep 34 out of all of that, to be quite honest, but Indianapolis now have the pick. Indianapolis are on the clock, and the pick is in, Rob. Uh, who, have we, who have Indianapolis Colts traded up for? Yeah, well, this this is a difficult decision, really, because it was it's not really the kind of thing that Chris Ballard is known for doing, drafting up in in uh, uh, sorry, getting up, trading up in draft. Um, but I think the temptation to draft uh, Jordan Love here is is too rich. I think Jordan Love is a really really good talent. I love his tape. I love watching him. He reminds me of a better Blake Bortles, a better Blake Bortles, um, and I, I think this is the right move. And I. Again, it goes against what Indy usually do, but I think they do it. Um, I think they get back in. They've got the capital in the second round. They manage in this scenario to keep the 34th, which is key. Um, so they lose the, the 44th, 75th, which is the third rounder, and, and 21 um, seconds. So uh, they have paid a price, but they come and get their guy. They come and get the luck replacement. Um, Jordan Love will fit in there nicely behind Philip Rivers for 2020. He'll learn the uh, the the. the basis of being a good NFL quarterback uh, there's a few things that he needs to work on with his throwing so I think it's a great spot for him to be in behind Philip Rivers for a year and and yeah we've got our guy mm. uh, Andy obviously you traded the, the 26 pick away getting, we'll see what, obviously what you do with 44 uh, when we come back round for, for the second round any uh, any reasoning that that's why you're trading back and why you're happy to give up the pick yeah, I think you can um, talk about Rome not being built in a day. I think um, I think the again the the O line needs addressing by Miami. Um, I mean, Josh Jones is the one that's often mocked here. I just don't I don't think he's he's quite the prospect uh, that, that they they want to be taking in the first round here. So I think if you add another top top one hundred picks this year, give us even more capital next year. Um, you know, end of next season will be. Uh, in very good shape compared to compared to where we are now. So, yeah, a few more, a few more options, uh, a few more, um, you know, top quality picks uh, available to us now. So, yeah, I, I'm quite happy with the, with the trade. Again, probably would have, probably would have uh, liked 34 instead of 44, but that's the way. Mm-hmm. Rob, Rob drives a hard bargain, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> okay, that obviously means that pick 27 is now on the clock, and that is Seattle. Um, so we're going to go with Ezra Cleveland. Uh, like I say, uh, offensive line help um, is something that Seattle probably needed for a little while as well. Uh, I know a, a bigger need is edge rush, but I've got a funny feeling that Jadavion Clowney could be going back to Seattle as he's not his market has fallen through. Uh, but Ezra Cleveland, one of the more, one of the more athletic tackles. Um, in the draft, he's 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 a bit of a freak, and he can do a hell of a lot of things. When, you, when you've got uh, athletic tackles, that allows you to, your uh, mobile quarterback to you know, Russell Wilson can, can do some things. And yeah, this is a heavy run team that likes to do a lot of things uh, right in the run game as well. So uh, I think Ezra Cleveland will help out in both uh, run the run and the pass game on on, on the one of the bookends. So um, Ezra Cleveland, uh, I've seen quite a lot uh, mocked quite a lot to the back of the back end of the first round. So I've got I've got Seattle taking him here. Uh, which leaves us at pick 28 is now on the, on the board. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, uh, James, what's the pick? So I'm, I have to admit, I was half expecting Seattle to go and get this guy um, as an edge rusher and expect us to end up getting an offensive tackle. But the Ravens have selected Yetta Gross Matos, edge from Penn State. Um, the Ravens have got a little bit of a free run at this draft. They've not got get, you know, glaring holes. 
Um, an edge rush isn't necessarily the top of the shopping list, but um, Gross Matos is probably in the right position where you're going to take it looking towards the future. They've brought in Calais Campbell this year, but that's not going to be forever. Um, Grashman's host is an interesting character. He's one of the many with um, one of these like tragic X Factor type backstories. Um, lost his dad in a boating accident when he was just two, and his brother was killed by a lightning strike. But it's sort of fired in him up quite a lot. So he's going to be dangerous in the years to come. So yeah, Grashman's host to the Ravens. There we go. Pick 28 is in the books. Pick 29 is at the Tennessee Titans. Um, could go a few, ways, a few places here. I've seen a few running uh, people <coughs> mocking running backs to Tennessee here. But we're going and see what the pick is over at pick 29. Ewan? Yeah, uh, Tennessee Titans is going to go uh, with an edge rusher slash sub-linebacker. Uh, is, is Zach Bond uh, from the Wisconsin Badgers. Six foot two and a half, 240 pounds. Um, I think before 2019, he wasn't really a guy who was who was on many people's radars. But after his season, if it hadn't been for Chase Young, there's probably a case he could have been um, the Big Ten uh, Defensive uh, Player of the Year. I think he's 12 and a half sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss uh, on the on the year. Uh, he showed up at the edge at, as as a real edge rusher with presence, uh, with with pass rush moves uh, and just speed off the edge. Um, at the senior bowl. So that put him, you know, confirmed his tape on many people's uh, radars. I think you've got to watch some of his game. I think if you watch him in the Rose Bowl, in some of the, I don't think he can play exclusively on the edge, but, you know, being a, a plus for him, he can also drop a bit into coverage as well. Uh, but in the Rose Bowl, he was tossed aside uh, in the run game a bit too easily. So I think he's got, he's got some um, to improve his playing strength and his, his, his functional strength um, in the if he wants to be an every down uh, rusher, but he's certainly got um, some uh, s- s- some juice in, in the, the pass rush. I think if you, look, as always, when you look with these guys, if you if you watch him play against Panay Sewell of uh, Oregon, who is probably the best tackle in college uh, this year, and will probably be the, the, the first uh, tackle taken next year uh, in the draft, um, or maybe the year after he's eligible, can't quite remember. But um, but certainly the guy from Oregon, if you look at him against Tristan Wirfs as well, I don't know he played right tackle at Iowa, but um, he, gave, he gave those guys a lot to handle with uh, down in, down out. So he's got he's got some upside to to, um, to, to definitely develop in, in, in the scheme and he'll, he'll come in next to Harold Landry and uh, give a, a real kind of second uh, option off the edge for, for the Titans in a, in a uh, division which has got some good quarterbacks. So... Um, to, uh, to chase after. So, yeah, we'll go Ed Rusher for Tennessee. I like it. Like it a lot. So that gives us pick 30 in the Green Bay Packers are on the clock. Uh, again, could go a few different ways here on either side of the ball, but we are going to pick his in. We're going to find out from Rob where exactly they have gone. Sorry, I need to unmute my mic when I start speaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's never going to go smoothly with me, is it? Um, I've said that already. Um, the Green Bay Packers are going to give Aaron Rodgers uh, another big weapon to go alongside the Adams. They've tried and failed uh, with the likes of EQ St. Brown, uh, Jake Kumaro, Alan Azard, Jerome Madison. They're, they're all not good enough for Aaron Rodgers. So they're going to go and get, in my opinion, the third best receiver in this draft. He's an all-round stud, uh, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, had a bit of a difficult season last year. The injuries sort of kept him um, at bay. He wasn't as good as he was in 2018, but I think, you know, you work on his route running and I think he's going to be a really, really stud receiver. Um, 
you know, and I think uh, Green Bay are going to get the best out of him. So, so LaVisca Chenault is my pick for Green Bay. Yep, interesting to see. Yep, um, certainly quite a lot of the, it's quite funny actually. Quite a lot of people either like him or, or don't like him at all. But yeah, certainly um, needs to to help his his cause by staying on the field and trying to stay healthy as well. Um, so yeah, it remains to be seen. Obviously, if he if he can do that, pick thirty one at San Francisco. Obviously, the second of their two first round picks. But we have a trade in place for this one, and the Dallas Cowboys uh, are trading up. They have sent number fifty one in their second rounder, uh, one hundred twenty three and a twenty twenty one second as well, fighting off Las Vegas Raiders trying to trade eighty one eighty seven uh, and the twenty twenty. Uh, 2021 second round pick as well so obviously the draw of the 51 got the deal done there um Andy obviously you are you were the San Francisco 49ers GM in this spot was it was it the law of the second round pick because obviously you know San Francisco have a have a funny kind of uh distribution of of, of picks in this year's draft was it the, the fact that they could get an early one in the you know mid second rounds that, that did it for you it was, yeah. I, I'm going to be really honest. I'm just being joined by my cat who's been a lot of pests. So oh, there we go. have a cat on, on screen <laughs> you as well. What a great guy. Uh, it's a yeah. tiger, isn't it? It's a tiger. <laughs> That's what, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a crazy little Bengal guy, but he's absolutely... <laughs> um, yeah, I think they, they, they definitely need to add um, a bit more, um, a bit more, a few more picks into the draft. Um, like I said, I think they'd, they'd have taken um, the other the other trade. Uh, as well, but the, like you say, the lure of the second round is uh, is a lot better. I think they need the um, I think they need a wide receiver, and they're still confident they can get a contributor um, in the second round. So yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Okay, so obviously Dallas are on the clock and we are picking Xavier McKinney safety out of Alabama. Uh, no, if you listen to the, listen to our normal podcast, you know how much uh, I love Xavier McKinney. Um, yeah, there's gonna, we need we need some game changes on the on the defense. You know, someone who can uh, go and make a play or someone that can go and make something out of nothing. You know, the Dallas defense doesn't really have a lot of game changes. We're not known for turnovers. We're not known for uh, for fumbles or, or making plays. Uh, but Xavier McKinney has, you know, checks a lot of boxes. He plays with attitude. He plays with, with a lot of heart. And I think with Mike Nolan's defense, who, you know, it's going to change, the defense is going to change a lot in terms of what the packages look like, what we're going to try and do. Uh, and again, you need someone as versatile as McKinney to, uh, to come in and, and help loads of different looks that you're you're going to give the opposing offenses. So, uh, you know, he can come down and blitz, be an extra blitzer. Uh, he can he's he's got a really good football IQ. He's a guy that that knows a lot of things and can do a lot of things on the back end as well. So, you know, he's good at, at route uh, assessment. Uh, and, and you say you can plug and play him anywhere on that on that defense as well, which is going to be vital for for, for Mike Nolan as well. And I think obviously he's he's, he's down as a as a safety, Haha Clinton Dix, which I mentioned in our, on our first pick, uh, obviously been signed to a, what, a one-year, four million dollar deal. I think he can probably learn a lot from from him um, as as the years progress. So Xavier uh, McKinney still sitting there at the back end of the first round uh, it was a no-brainer for me. There was no way he was going to get to fifty-one. So um, would Dallas do it in in on draft day? Probably not. It's not what Dallas do. Dallas have been a lot more. Uh, conservative in drafts. Uh, obviously, I know we, we traded a first-round pick from Mario Cooper a few years back now, but we don't tend to take as many risks as, as we have done uh, previously as well. So, um, happy to get you know two first-round picks there, Xavier McKinney and, uh, and Christian Fulton as well. So, uh, for, me, for me, easy pick for Dallas uh, in this spot as well. So, 
Uh, first safety off the board there, Xavier McKinney, uh, safety out of Alabama, which brings us to the final pick of the first round. Kansas City Chiefs uh, waiting all the way to 32. I am delighted for, for Kansas City Chiefs. There's no trade here. Uh, there's nothing worse than being uh, pick 32 and uh, having your team trade back from for, out of 32. But uh, Casey, stick on the board with this one. The pick is in. Lee, who have we gone for? Yeah, so Kansas City in uh, this is a popular trade back spot, isn't it? With the um, 32nd pick, obviously, someone wants to give a small little jump up and get that fifth year option with the rookie contract. Um, it's, it's something that's quite popular nowadays and probably will continue to do so and, and be so. But uh, like I said, at this point, it's not, not the case. Kansas City staying where they are at number 32 because they've got a quite a big need at the back end of their secondary with the, the callback room. So their uh, <laughs> current starters are Chavarius Ward. Rashad Breland and Rashad Fenton. Um, there's not a lot of star power there. Obviously, got two quite good safeties in um, Juan Thornhill and uh, Tara Matthew, but not a lot on the boundaries. Um, so I think it's an area that they could look to uh, strengthen for sure in this draft, maybe even double dip later down the line, depending on how their board falls and how they're feeling. But uh, I've gone for AJ Terrell out of Clemson, the corner, and considering he's the sixth corner off the board uh, in, in our draft, I believe, um, he's a really good value pick. I wouldn't expect him to be the sixth corner, sixth corner off the board come draft evening or draft weekend. Um, so he's a good value pick, good um, you know, height, length, a good athlete. Um, a lot of people kind of down on him because they saw her, the college football championship a game against LSU where obviously Clemson lost and lost quite heavily. So I think that's a skewed opinion on him a little bit. We had a great season last year and um, yeah, I think he's a really good picker. Chance to be a cornerback number one for a team where he lands. So Kansas City picking the 32nd pick would be delighted, I think, with this one. Right, that's fair enough. And I say that rounds us out for the first round then. So let's uh, have a look at the last 10 or so picks. And back at number 22, Austin Jackson was the first of two Minnesota Vikings picks. Um, we had a bit of a run on corners with Jeff Gladney and Damon Arnett going there to Vegas and New Orleans, respectively. Jalen Johnson then completed a, a treble for Minnesota's second pick there, pick 25. And then big trade, uh, Indianapolis trading up with Miami to number 26 to go and grab it. Uh, Jordan Love to send him back 44, which we'll see uh, in a minute what uh, Andy does that with, with Miami. Uh, 75 and the 2021 second as well. Ezra Cleveland uh, became a Seattle Seahawk with pick 27. And then Yatur Gross Matos goes to Baltimore, pick 28. Pick 29, Zach Bowne goes over to the AFC South and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and then rounding this off, Liz Vista Chenault uh, with Green Bay wide receiver another weapon there for Aaron Rodgers Xavier McKinney goes to Dallas in a trade with uh, pick 31 with San Francisco sending back a 51 uh, 123 and a 2021 that's second and then rounding this off with pick 32 is AJ Terrell uh, out of Clemson there for Kansas City Chiefs uh, are you in any anything that was surprising there in that in that back end anything you liked anything you didn't like uh, what, what did you make of the uh, Jordan Love trade obviously going into the a AFC South yeah uh I think if you could get another quarterback, I'm sure Dorsey would pour one out for that. Um, but I think that he's, it, yeah, I think when you get to that last stage of the first round, I think the vast majority of teams will probably only have maybe 20 to 25 first round grades on people. And that's why you see a lot of teams at the back end trade out um, and accumulate more picks. So uh, it, it's difficult. I think with the, with the corners, I think you can these days you can almost split them into zone and man coverage so depending on what kind of flavor you're looking for there um you can you know you, you different teams boards will look completely different i think by this stage uh but jordan love's got a huge high ceiling i think if you look at the 2018 tape was good uh in utah but the, the uh is one of these guys i think if he's got a year to sit in that situation hypothetically behind 
behind rivers and uh, and, and and learn uh, the system and getting doesn't have to start from day one. You know, you look at the guys like Mahomes that came in similar kind of you know not necessarily the most decorated college career, but it's got all the intangibles in it um, and definitely some some of the traits you're looking for the modern day quarterback. So yeah, I think he'd be quite a good fit. I think as he would be a fit for any team, potentially the Saints or something like that, who can bring him in and let him sit for a year, maybe even two, uh, and then ask him to come and contribute once he's um, refined his game uh, mentally, which I think is the hardest bit, particularly this offseason as well. It's going to be really, really difficult for any quarterback to come in as a rookie and start. So um, yeah, guys that you can pick like that and get some relative value to learn for a year or two, um, it's probably quite a good year to do it. Mm. And Lee, just before we we, we we head into round two with Cincinnati uh, on the clock, well, obviously you mentioned there, you know, quite a lot of teams will trade out back out of the first round because there's, you know, again, it doesn't seem to, it's either deemed a reach or there's not a lot of people that have first round value. Is that on, on the other side of things, does it help that if you've, you say you've got, uh, you've got deep wide receiver class, you've got loads of corners, you've got loads of offensive linemen that we've taken here in, in the back 10. Do you think that's also conducive as to why teams might want to trade up rather than teams maybe want to, wanting to trade back? Yeah, it could do. I mean, what you're looking at when you're looking to trade back up into the first is maybe someone who needs a little bit more refinement or you want to kind of marinate them for maybe a year or so. You know, it's often a quarterback that we see. So when the team's got like an entrenched starter, a veteran starter, uh, they'd like to bring in like a rookie uh, to kind of sit behind them maybe for a year. Or you can do it with like a maybe less prime prospect at another uh, area of the team. And it's just to give them that extra year on the contract. So yeah, no, considering that there's a, like I say, a lot of good potential in the, the positions that you mentioned, your corner, tackle, wide receiver, and maybe a couple of other people outside those positions that you want to trade for. Uh, you can just give them a little bit more time. You've got that extra little bit of control uh, over their contract and over their like early part of their career. Just see how they develop. Okay, second round is in play and uh, we're going to whiz through these uh, next 32 picks as well. So uh, let's get right onto it. Pick 33, Cincinnati on the clock. Adam, who is the pick? Uh, yep, Denzel Mims, wide receiver from Baylor. We had a couple options here, offensive line uh, being the main other one. Josh Jones and Cesar Ruiz are still on the board, so we're tempted. But gone with Mims for a bit of uh, a bit more depth. We're probably likely to lose John Ross after this year. I doubt they're going to pay him the fifth-year option. And AJ Green, AJ Green, we don't know what's going to happen with that. So, yeah, just bringing in another wide receiver. He was high on our board. Um, tall, strong, quick, big catch radius, uh, good red zone threat. So, yep, uh, okay. Denzel Mims. Yep, Denzel Mims. Okay, that means at 34, uh, which Indianapolis managed to keep in that trade with Miami. But, uh, Rob, the pick with Indianapolis at 34? Yeah, uh, I sort of touched on it at 13 uh, when we what we could have done if we had 13th and it it's wide receiver for me it's given um it's given TY another another running mate uh it's given Philip Rivers another another option and potentially Jordan Love uh, a future future running mate as well so we're going to go with T Higgins a big um a big red zone target for out of Clemson um and I think he'll fit really well at Indy hmm. Okay, another wide, two wide receivers there off the board in succession. Uh, will it be a third? I very much doubt it, but we're going to find out. We'll pick 35 at Lee, who are Detroit picking? Yeah, so it's Noah Igmanogany out of Auburn. Um, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Chase Young um, and the first pick that Detroit made. Uh, it's kind of nice that we were able to come back a second round pick up a nice corner. Igmanogany started as a wide receiver at Auburn. So he's not been playing cornerback for too long, so he's, he just needs a bit of refinement. He needs a bit of work on his game, but he's got the, he's got the length, he's got the kind of traits that he needs. He just needs some refinement, as I say. Um, and he's best as his own player, which is uh, kind of not what Matt 
Patricia wants, but you know he can kind of mould him into whatever he likes. Considering he's not really been playing the position for too long, um, so yeah, I like him. I think he's got some uh, some things that he can work on and high ceiling. So yeah, I think he'll take them at thirty. Thirty-five. Thirty-four. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of why I stuttered over that one. Yeah, yeah. Could take him a 35. thirty-five. I don't have to trade up though. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move down to number thirty-six and Rob. Back to you with the Giants. Uh, doubling down on offensive linemen, taking Tristan Worth in the first, and they're going to go ahead and get Josh Jones in the second. They're going to really, really uh, nail home the fact that they need to protect Daniel Jones and open up the lanes for for Saquon Barkley. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's doubling down for this draft. It's it's getting that offensive go that that offense going this year. Mm. Yeah, not too bad at all. Okay, pick thirty-seven. Have a bit of a trade. We have Miami trading up for two spots to for the Chargers. Anyway, uh, Ellie, uh, Chargers receive one hundred thirty-nine and one hundred forty-one. So, Andy, you are on the clock with the Miami Dolphins at thirty-seven. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Prince Warrego, who's the uh, Auburn left tackle. Um, like I said, like I've said, on every pick so far, need a tackle. Um, didn't think Warrego uh, uh, was worth the first round pick. Didn't really think Josh Jones was. Uh, Cleveland maybe, but um, I think they can plug one over into play straight away. Um, they've obviously brought over Eric Flowers to play left guard, so two new faces on the uh, on the offensive line, um, giving Justin Herbert a bit of protection. Yeah, like it indeed. Say so we'll get back to the Chargers pick in two pick time, but in between those, we have the Carolina Panthers, uh, and I have picked a Trevon Diggs, uh, cornerback out of Alabama, uh, to fill the hole that James Babry left as he uh, went over to the Giants. Um, <sighs> It's an interesting one because obviously Trevon Diggs, his brother, brother, brother Stefan, uh, obviously I can, I can just imagine the amount of times they've been playing in the back garden uh, and certainly Stefan Diggs, one of the best route runners in, in the NFL. So Trevon Diggs being a corner, um, similar attributes really. He's good good uh, ball player, playmaker, good at tracking balls and, and, and making plays. So um, I think all of his um, backgrounds... Um, back garden uh, playing with uh, with Stefan Diggs probably going to stand him stand him in good stead for for the NFL. But so uh, yeah, Tre- Trevon Diggs over to Carolina cornerback out of um, Alabama to fill the hole of uh, James Bradbury. Um, so we move over to the Chargers. Obviously, just uh, traded two picks back there with Miami uh, Chargers at thirty nine. Lee. Yeah, so I had a little bit of a trade down. Um, I was hoping that Dolphins weren't going to pick the guy that I'm going to pick, which is Lucas Nyang out of TCU. Uh, also left tackle, struggled with injuries a little bit. Um, I believe, I strongly believe that if he not had this hip injury that he'd had all season, um, which kind of altered his tape and altered his pass sets, I strongly believe he'd be talking about a big five at tackle rather than big four uh, that he'd be a part of. Um, but obviously injuries has uh, kind of hampered him over the year and he slipped down. Um, so yeah, no, collect uh, that fourth round pick, that compensatory fourth from Miami uh, for another swing of the bat and take a left tackle that hopefully, you know, injury permitting will be charged as left tackle for a little while. Okay, I like it. Uh, first time we call Houston's name in the NFL draft, they enter at pick 40 in round two. You uh, and me head over to you. Yeah, 40th overall pick. Um, I think from some of the coverage or the, the leaks leading up to it, or the fake news leading up to it, it's talking about um, this guy falling into the second round, but gladly take him. A big need for the team. We're going to go uh, with Iowa Buckeye, AJ Espinessa. Uh, six foot and one eight, two hundred and seventy-five pounds. I think one of the key things from the, going through this process this year is arm length and wingspan. So key to it, thirty-four and a half inch arms, eighty-one and a quarter wingspan. So he's definitely got it. I think people were turned off by him by running a five oh four uh, in the forty. But if you look at his, his short uh, shuttles, four four six. So 
that's you know in, in line with a lot of players that actually did run that metric this year but um he's he's certainly got certainly got some of the kind of cam uh cam jordan kind of feel to him uh, but i'm probably not quite as a, a blazing athlete as cam jordan i think cam jordan ran a four seven four in the 40 when he was coming out but he's certainly got to a toolbox that he can come with a plan and rush in the trenches and um he can he, he can be a contributor from from day one um if he can, if he can find a way to kind of hone his uh, playing playing strength on a consistent down and down out basis, but certainly a guy that can come in and be an athletic guy off the edge um, for a defense that badly needs it. Mm, absolutely, no, I really like that pick there at forty uh, for the Houston Texans. We move swiftly on to pick forty-one, Cleveland Browns. Uh, James, who have we gone for? Yeah, there was a few suitors for this pick, and I believe they were all chasing after the same guy who Cleveland get, and that is Grant Delpit, safety from LSU. Um, second and 41 feels like quite a result. He's probably the second best safety after McKinney on the board. But with only Sendejo and Joseph on the roster and both on one new deals, they need something at safety for the long term. So Del Pitt's the guy. Del Pitt is the guy at 41. Okay, we move back over to AFC South. Jacksonville Jaguars pick 42. Ewan. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to go with uh, Ross Blacklock from TCU. I think a guy who. Um, in all likelihood, could well end up sneaking into the first round. I think he missed all of uh, 2018 uh, with an Achilles injury. Um, 2017, I think he was a prospect that um, that people started um, picking up on. And he's a guy who can not only uh, hold up space in the trenches, but also get has got the ability to break into the backfield and get his fair share TFLs. Um, so yeah, I think if, yeah, the, the 20, 2018 injuries have held this guy back, but certainly a guy who can come in there, hold up space in the middle, and uh, guys like Josh Allen can go and work. So a uh, bit of a steal at that point for Jacksonville. Yeah, seen quite a lot of uh, Ross Blacklock and mocked in uh, the late first round. So yeah, not no doubt a steal there at forty two. Uh, another team we call for the first time in the NFL draft in round two is the Chicago Bears at forty three. Adam. Yeah, I'll admit I wasn't sure on the Bears' needs, so I had a quick um, quick Google around, and it turns out they need offensive lines. So with the Bengals needing an offensive line, I knew a little bit about these guys. So Cesar Ruiz is the one I'm after. He was the highest-rated center, according to NFL.com's um, draft rankings. Um, quick in position, athletic. He can uh, win down the field, so uh, pretty good for their run game in theory, and he can play at guard as well. So, yeah, a bit of offensive line help for the Bears. Okay, offensive line there, help for the Bears. Let's move over to, this is uh, pick 44, Miami. Um, this is obviously the pick coming from the Jordan Love trade. Uh, so Miami now back on the clock at 44. Andy, who's um, who's the selection? It's uh, Ashton Davis, the safety out of Cal. Um, track athlete, incredibly quick. Um, he's got such good, good upside. I mean, I, I probably have him the second safety. I know we... Uh, just talked about Delpit, but I think Davis is slightly above it. I think the the um, I think Davis is a good need for Miami. I think I said on the pod, podcast last week, um, Miami dropped six defenders into coverage more than any um, any team in the league last year. So another one of those to to, to drop in uh, and work with Byron Jones and uh, Xavier Howard, um, especially with Richard Richard Jones um, leaving the team in the off season as well. So yeah, nice nice easy pick there. Um, been linked to him a lot in the off season already. So mm. like it. Yep, a couple of safeties starting to come off the board. Obviously, uh, makes me feel a lot better about Dallas moving up to go and get Xavier McKinney. But we move on to pick 45. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back on the clock. Uh, Adam, uh, surely not another wide receiver? No, no, not quite this time. Um, yeah, as they alluded to in the first round, they need offensive line help. Um, so we've gone with Jonah Jackson, who was the next best uh, offensive line on their board. 
Um, he is uh, better in pass protection than run protection, so that's good for um, for Tom Brady back there. Um, yeah, we still need RB for Tampa, but there's um, more value later on for them. So, yeah, offensive line help for these guys as well. Uh, Jonah Jackson from Ohio State. Mm, plenty of waiting time considering that no running backs are off the board yet in this mock draft. Um, wouldn't be surprised me if Warren Brack still isn't off the board uh, come draft night as well, but uh, obviously that remains to be seen. Let's uh, move on to pick 46 then, Denver. Uh, Ewan, over to you. Yeah, in the Denver, we're going to go with uh, Anton Wakefield Jr. Uh, uh, in the backfield. Uh, as safety, I think the, the, the secondary of that unit is going to need some uh, replenishment. Obviously, Chris Harris going up, leaving uh, to sign for the Chargers over the middle. So, giving them so a guy that can probably play a bit of nickel as well uh, and in uh, nickel and dime packages as, as they'll often often have to uh, deploy in that division uh, with some kind of big passing attacks they've got to go up against. So, um, yeah, strong prospect there is actually, you know, in, in some in some circles, uh, despite, you know, probably from a, a sort of smaller school, but definitely the, a train of thought out there that he could be the top safety in the draft. So, uh, value pick there for Denver. Uh, absolutely. Uh, move on then to pick 47. We move back over to Atlanta. Obviously, Lee, your first round pick was uh, was easy. Was this one just as simple? Yeah, these are the two areas that Atlanta need to hit. Obviously, edge, which I've got with Caleb on Jason, and then also corner, which I'm going to take Bryce Hall out of Virginia. Hall's a good player. He's playing zone, can play man, he's a ball hawk, uh, gets his hands on the ball, either pass deflections or interceptions quite a lot. Uh, suffered a bit of an injury, um, had an ankle injury, I think, about third of the way through the season, uh, which curtailed his senior season. So, not as high up the draft board as he should be, because he's very, very talented. And a uh, little point of note here, Raheem Morris, the new defensive coordinator in Atlanta, he coaches defensive back, so I guess he wants to kind of refresh that backfield. Uh, not a lot of talent there now, they've got rid of Desmond Trufant, so Bryce Walton come in, bit of value, pick at 47, potentially wide receiver one, uh, sorry, a combat one, sorry. Um, and, you know, be the main guy that uh, in the new sort of wave of uh, backfield uh, in the defensive side of the ball for Yep, no, like it, like it a lot. Okay, we move uh, swiftly on then, halfway through. Uh, pick 48, New York Jets uh, finds someone uh, to, for Sam Darnold to throw the, boot, the ball to. Mentioned, obviously, offensive uh, offensive line, the bigger need, but now they take Jalen Ragor, um, t- out, well, receiver out of TCU, 5'9", 195 uh, pounds of him. Can run quite a lot of the route tree. Um, I think it would be a good, useful addition, obviously, letting Robbie Anderson go to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Brashad Perryman's not scaring anyone, although he you know, flashed a little bit, but he's been flashing since he, he came into the league, and he's not—he's definitely not the answer. He's just a poor man's Robbie Anderson. Um, Jalen Rager can be can fill in the shoes of, of, of what yeah he's it's not uh, it's not a wide receiver core that is going to scare anyone but um, yeah Jalen Rago I, I like his skill set um, and I say when you're when your top wide receiver is Jamison Crowder it's definitely uh, an area that the Jets are going to are going to look at either in the first or second round so I'm going to take Jalen Rago here at 48 for the Jets and pick 49 sees us uh, another third team that we called for the first time in the NFL draft and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers Rob who have you gone for? And the first running back is coming off the board for the Steelers uh, all the way down and pick 49. It's DeAndre Swift from the Bulldogs from Georgia. Uh, look, Pittsburgh, they, they needed Le'Veon Bell type character. Who would have thought it? Um, you know, they've not been the same since Bell and, and Brown have gone and they need more weapons and a Swiss army knife like DeAndre Swift. You can catch the ball, run the ball. Super talented. He's going to fit into that team very nicely. Mm. Yep, first running back then off off the board of the second round. So we moved to pick 50 uh, in Chicago uh, again for the second time in the uh, second round. Adam, it's with you. 
Uh, yeah, needed a bit of linebacker help after letting Kriakowski go, but uh, we've gone for edge slash linebacker. I think he's more of an edge rusher. Uh, Terrell, Ev- Terrell Lewis from Alabama. Um, seems like he would have been much higher up the draft board if it wasn't for injuries. He's been a fairly major injury risk in fairness. Um, but the talent's there and with the ability to give him a bit of situational pass rush, um, mix him around a bit. He doesn't have to play full time with Mac and um, the rest of that offensive line, uh, defensive line there. So, yeah, uh, Terrell Lewis from Alabama is the man for Chicago. Okay, pick 51. This is obviously the original run for Dallas. Uh, obviously, they traded up to 31. So this is now the San Francisco pick. And we move over to Andy for the selection. Yep, uh, KJ Hamler out of Penn State. So obviously, um, the 49ers won the, uh, had a front row seat to see the damage uh, a quick wide receiver could do to them in the Super Bowl. Um, uh, obviously, Tyreek Hill took them apart that day. Uh, Hamler, very similar, uh, quick, explosive uh, player, comes out the slot, good in the return game. Um, he's dealt with um, with uh, top quality corners already. His game tape against Jeffrey Akuda, for example, is quite good to if you want to have a quick uh, look into his game. So, yeah, uh, Hamlet, quite an easy pick here. I think he, he gives something different to Samuel uh, for, for the 49ers. So, yeah, there we go. No, I like it. Like the pick there, 51. Uh, pick 52 sees the LA Rams get uh, the first taste of the NFL draft. Uh, who, did, who did I take here? I take uh, Julian Aquara, uh, edge rusher. Uh, out of Notre Dame, um, another a guy with quite an uh, exciting athletic profile. He's got really good hands. Um, he's a guy that can kind of push the pocket in and condense it and collapse it, even with just his speed. So I think um, whilst there are a few things there that he does need to work on, I think that uh, he's kind of in the right. He's in the right team and the right coaching staff to to help him do that. It's got a great bend. Uh, only thing I would say, obviously, come off. He's coming off a broken leg uh, last year as well. So hopefully, no suffers no effects from 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 that. He shouldn't shouldn't do. But um, yeah, Julian Aquara there. Number 52 for the Rams. Move over to pick 53 then, the Philadelphia Eagles. James, um, another wide receiver or not? Nope, we got the wide receiver early on. And rather than doubling down, there's still some needs on the back end. Linebacker and safety are both needed. So Kyle Duggar from Lenoir Ryan. Um, there's been a bit of a run on safety, so he was effectively the next man up on the board. So solid pick for the Eagles. Mm, oh yeah, I really like Kyle Duggar. More, I, more I read about him, more I watch. Uh, really like uh, Kyle Duggar in, in in on draft day. If uh, Dallas do go corner in the first round, I hope Kyle Duggar does get to Dallas at uh, fifty one. If all things stay the same, okay, that was pick fifty three. Let's move over to pick fifty four. The Buffalo Bills again. This, uh, I've never actually uh, quite comprehended the amount of teams that enter the draft in round two. But um, yeah, Buffalo enter at fifty four. Lee selection. Yeah, Buffalo taking Josh Uche out of Michigan. Another one of these hybrid sort of edge linebackers that we've got quite a few of this year. We've got Zach Bourne, uh, Terrell Lewis that Adam just picked a moment ago. Um, and yeah, Josh Uche is another one of those. Um, a really good edge rusher, I think. I think it'll sort of be at the next level, but more, more so than dropping coverage. He uh, showed a lot of promise in that regard in the senior bowl most recently. Um, feels like almost the most recent football we've ever seen. Uh, in it since this uh, coronavirus situation has happened, um, I think he can become a full-time mental show. Buffalo need that at the, uh, in their squad quite a lot. They signed Mario Addison from Carolina, but it's not enough. You know, they've got Jerry Hughes and Trent Murphy, who are really old, <laughs> to say the least. Mario Addison doesn't bring that average age down either. So, yeah, to get fresh on the edges and, and bring that average age down and bring some juice from the edge as well, just adding to Elder and Stalwarts lately. Uh, yeah, should do strong moments to the defensive order, but... Yeah, no, I like that pick, like that pick a lot. Um, okay, let's swiftly move then to pick 55. Uh, Baltimore Ravens back on the clock. James, back over to you. Yeah, 
got a bit of there was some intrigue here because there was a lot of thoughts about well Jonathan Taylor's still on the board, J.K. Dobbins is still on the board. Could this be a running back to replace Mark Ingram when he's sort of run out of tread on the tires? However, for the moment, with five picks, well, with a pick five later on, um, the option here has been linebacker. So Malik Harrison from Ohio State to give Matt Jude on a bit of help. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'd say Baltimore just a couple of picks away from there from the next in the second round. But we move on to um, back to Miami, who've had, also had a, a previous uh, pick in the second round. But what's the uh, selection at pick fifty six? Yep. Uh, going for Jonathan Taylor. Um, there we go. He's off the board. Um, you know, uh, absolute standout running back in uh, in college. Um, three years of, of immense production. Maybe that's also a downside for teams in the, in the NFL draft as well. But um, I like him. He's explosive. He, he's got breakaway speed. Uh, he's got a bit of everything, really. A good pick for Miami as they uh, as they drastically need to upgrade their, their running back room with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, their leading rusher last year. Yeah, and uh, no doubt Jordan Howard, again, getting uh, <laughs> getting no love uh, from the NFL. Uh, but we move on to pick 57, back with the LA Rams. Um, and we have gone with Isaiah Wilson here, offensive tackle. Um, Andrew Whitworth, obviously one of the oldest guys in the league. Uh, that's not, it's not a quarterback or uh, a kicker or a punter or all those special positions where you can play to about fifty anyway. Um, but yeah, he keeps obviously money in retirement. Surprised they managed to to get him back for you know I know it's a three year contract where it is, but I'm I'd be very surprised if he plays past one or two years of that. So um, you know you need a guy that you could possibly nurture in his first year as I Wilson can come in. He's a, he's a big boy, six foot seven, uh, 340 pounds. Uh, he is the definition of a roadblock and he'll be certainly be able to, to open some lanes for whoever's, you know, if they go running back later on in the draft or whether it's Darrell Henderson or, or Malcolm Brown as well. So, um, you know, I, I think he is going to take over from Andrew Whitworth at some point and say, get, get a bit younger get a bit um, more cap cap friendly for, for the Rams, which is something obviously they've struggled with uh, over the last couple of years as well. So yeah, I've gone for Isaiah Wilson there uh, I've, uh, out of Georgia. So just was trying to remember what, uh, what clothes you came out of. But we move over to pick 58 then, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Adam, you are back on the clock. Yeah, obviously hit a couple of needs in the first round, the offensive tackle and... Uh the cornerback so this one we're addressing the other need the wide receiver um with brandon Ayuk. um i believe that's correctly pronounced there's a little phonetic spelling on the websites that i found um he's a big play threat so he can go alongside adam thielen who obviously we know can uh, do the dink and dunk stuff the bit of the slot stuff um yeah he's a yards after king in college he is very impressive after the ball admittedly not against the best opposition um, but coming into Minnesota, he's got an accurate quarterback to throw the ball to him. Should be able to do a decent job in Minnesota. Lovely stuff. Okay, pick 59, just a couple of picks left to go then. Uh, Seattle are back on the clock and they're going to double down, uh, similar to what the Giants did on offensive line. And we're going to take Ben Barch. If you want to know a bit more about Ben Barch, we have uh, their draft cards that you can find on our social media, on our college uh, Twitter and on the website as well. So make sure you go and check that out. But uh, offensive tackle out of St. John, uh, six foot six, 308 pounds. Um, get has re- he's really good in terms of his IQ. Uh, he, he lets kind of the pass rush kind of manifest itself, and then he makes a decision and, and then goes and then goes and does the business as well. So uh, again, yeah, 
offensive line help is something Seattle have needed for a while. Uh, help you know, the power running game. Uh, they do love to, to stuff the ball uh, down the, the other team's throats. And also, like I say, you've got a mobile quarterback in, in Russell Wilson and Ben Barch will, will come in and, and, and do the business there as well. So uh, Ben Barch, offensive tackle out of St. John's there for Seattle. So we move over to pick 60. And we, like we mentioned, Baltimore back on the clock in a quick succession, obviously just waiting four or five picks there for pick 60. Uh, Baltimore, James, over to you. Yeah, had two defensive picks so far, so this time it's going on offense. There was sort of a hit list of four having left the previous pick. Two of them have gone in Taylor and Ayuk, so this time it's going to be the people's pick, and that's Donovan, Pe- <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, a person that uh, Lamar Jackson will benefit from using as another offensive weapon to help out what is already a really young core in terms of wide receivers, um, if you ignore Willie Sneed, but um, he's probably going to end up having to be Sneed's replacement, but that could be an offense that clicks together for years to come. <clears throat> yeah, indeed. It's all about getting a few more weapons on that offense. Um, okay, let's move over to 61 then. Just uh, four picks left. Tennessee is next on the clock. Uh, Ewan, over to you. Yeah, with an eye on the future, uh, Tennessee <clears throat> Titans are going to take J.K. Dobbins, uh, Ohio State Buckeye, five, nine and a half, 200 nine pounds uh the Duke walker award finalist uh this year three years starter i think the big the big benefit of dobbins is first two years didn't quite as many carries just has 725 carries over three years compared to a guy like taylor who's over 900 so less tread on the tire uh he fits a power running scheme in between the tackles 23 all-purpose touchdowns uh this year uh in his breakout year uh definitely got some uh definitely got some uh, speed and burst but as well he runs he, he, he runs and he means it when he when he hits the point of contact so um potentially take some uh of the load off Derek Henry because you can't run a guy into 400 yards every season because we know where that ends up it's been proven time and time again so allows a bit of a one-two punch that could uh, scare a lot of defensive linemen around for a hard afternoon if uh he was to join uh Tennessee Titans in the backfield Mm, yeah, I'd be interested to see how that plays out. Obviously, Derek Henry franchise tagged this season as well, so I'd be interested to see the dynamic that plays out there. But we move over to pick 62. Um, we have Rob and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I've opted for for a bit of linebacker help here. Um, Akeem Davis-Gaither is is a linebacker from App State, who's a team that I like to follow. Um, and he, this guy is a really, really underrated player. He's, he's, a, he's a zippy pass rusher, and uh, I think he'll fit in really well in the NFL. Um, not really people, not many people know about him because he's from a smaller school at App State, but he was the playmaker there. He's, he's a very, very good athlete, and um, I think Green Bay are going to benefit from having uh, another pass rusher like him on, on the team. Mm. He's another one who Lee um, has done a little bit of a draft card for as well, so make sure, again, go and check those out. Loads of players. I think we've got 20 players in total uh, that you can go and check out if you need to know a little bit more. Two picks left then at Kansas City. are on the clock at 63. Uh, Lee, who are we going for? So yeah, no, uh, yeah, last pick uh, for Kansas City, Lord Cushenberry coming in, anchoring the centre of the uh, offensive line. Um, it's not really a massive position need because Kansas City's offensive line is, is reasonably good, but it's just a value pick. Uh, a lot of people got Cushenberry as the first centre to go off the board. It's kind of neck and neck between him and Cesar Ruiz, um, and obviously just coming off a great season with LSU. Uh, so yeah, no, I think it's a player like we sort of went through with Ruiz earlier on that he can play centre or he can play guard, so he can add that versatility as well. So at the end of the second round. I just sort of think you can complain, even if it's not a, a, a massive need of yours. Mm. I suppose with the uh, with the, the running backs that are off by the board as well, probably um, 
I think if one of the running backs may be on the board, maybe Kansas City would look to do that as well. But um, no competition as of yet for Damian Williams in that backfield. So we round out then pick 64, the last round, uh, last pick of round two is Cecil Seahawks. Uh, and we're going for linebacker Willie Gay Jr. Um, he's going to be great. He's, he's a, if you epitomise like a, a Seattle defender, you know, you, you think someone who loves a hit, someone who knows how to tackle and someone that can go sideline to sideline, so a ferocious guy on the back end. Um, I wonder if uh, the Seattle Seahawks maybe see a bit of Bobby Wagner in him as well, but he's, you know, he's a sideline to sideline guy. Uh, he's, you say he's good in the tackle and it's perfect, perfect fit for, for Seattle. Um, you probably have to work on kind of he's, he's probably a bit raw probably need to to work on you know, kind of his decision making a little bit because he can just get up a full head of steam see so you, you know make a decision then go for it whereas maybe taking a split second just to analyze the play might help him a little bit as well but Pete Carroll and, and that defensive de- defensive coaching setup they've got they'll probably be perfect for for someone like him so uh, Willie Gay Jr um linebacker out of Mississippi State is the uh, final pick of the second round for Seattle so that's going to round us off then that's two rounds of the NFL draft there for you um hope you enjoyed it Certainly nice to get seven people in a room uh, and go for a mock draft and, and have a bit of fun. Uh, I know we're probably getting on to the end of, what, an hour and a half. So apologies if it is a bit on the long side, but obviously the, hopefully the graphics and the uh, the greatness of, of YouTube and, and imagery uh, hopefully get you through it a bit more. But let us know, obviously, your picks, uh, if, you, if you like any picks, if you hate any picks, and the trades as well. Obviously, we had Blockbuster trade there in the first round for New England going all the way up to 12 to go and get two. So let us know your thoughts on that. Will it happen on draft day? Possibly not. But uh, like I say, it's all, you know, with the uncertainty of the world at the moment, <clears throat> it's always hard to to kind of get a, a grasp on what teams are wanting to do uh, due to not being able to meet with other teams. Uh, don't forget to follow us all on Twitter at Full Ten Yards at F, uh, Full Ten Yards. Um, CFB is, is the college one as well and say full10yards.com on the website for all the latest articles mock drafts uh, as well I say there's a piece on Tua there taking Herbert or or Tua and some other you know there's uh, Sean's done a piece on 10 teams that need a good draft as well so uh, get involved with the conversation let us know hit the subscribe button on YouTube because we will be coming a bit more visual uh, towards you guys over the summer and obviously into next season as well so exciting times here for the gang I know I'm certainly looking forward to it uh, my voice probably not not so as much but uh, gents uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to all of you. Um, it's been nice to all get in a room and talk a bit of draft, talk a bit of NFL, uh, where we, everything else is so is so sparse. So thank you all so much for joining us. Some nice draft rooms there. So Lee's gone gone, gone for the uh, for the virtual background. Uh, Rob, you've got loads of jerseys that you look like you need to hang up. Um, no, I'm just in an NFL shop. I just went down the road and just oh, went okay. to a shop and just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Andy, Andy, obviously uh, been what demoted to the bedroom. That's it, mate. Yeah, that's yeah. It. but an open plan uh, wardrobe. You, you all want one, don't I? <laughs> open plan wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. We'll, we'll get out of here. So don't forget to follow us at 14 Yards on Twitter. I've been Timothy Lamb Monk. I've been your host. So, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.